The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend watching the movie beforehand, but hey, that isn't your bag? No worries. You do you. Brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we like to pay it forward by giving back. Enjoy the show. of Matinee Manatees. We're your hosts. My name is Sam. He's Ben. And we have a couple extra new messages to talk to, uh, to say, like, at the beginning, don't we? Yeah! Yeah, we got a new sponsor. Yes! Yeah, a couple of sponsors, and I just wrote it down, and now I can't find it. You did this like, you did this like 14 seconds ago. How did you already lose it? I did, I'm back. Okay, okay. Uh, I wanna, I wanna give a shout out to Steve Tapper. Uh, Steve's new sponsor, and you guys all make these episodes possible, so thank you very much, Steve Tapper. Thank you, Uh, Steve. Also, additional shout-out to an existing sponsor who upped their contribution, Pat Mifsud, who has this message to read. Oh, boy. Oh, wait, uh, where did I put it? Oh, that's not the shit. That's not the shout out. That's last week's message. Where is it? God, I'm so disorganized. It's here somewhere. This is embarrassing. You I give it. up. I give up. Let's just was- give up. It was like 10 seconds before we started. You had this. And now it's just gone. That's, that's actually shout out. It's in quotes. Oh, wait, where did I put it? That's not the shout out. That's last week's message. Where is it? God, I'm so disorganized. It's here somewhere. This is embarrassing. I give up. Let's just skip it. That is is some mighty impressive foresight. I'll give him that. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I can't 
I can't, I can't argue with, I can't top that. We gotta Sabotoir. see you next week. See you next yeah, month, shoes. everybody. <laughs> see you next month, everybody. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do feel the need. I'm not confident enough to not clarify that that was a joke they played on me. <laughs> because, listen, <laughs> people who are thinking of <laughs> becoming patrons, I will remember your shout out. <laughs> Pat's just got a really good sense of humor. Oh, you know, he, he, he got me good. <laughs> he got me nope. good. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't actually know. It's, it's Pat. I don't know if Pat's a he, she, or a they, but, oh. uh. Well, he or she, I, Pat, you, you, you got us. That's. The problem slash glory of uh, all text communication on the internet is that <laughs> I don't I don't know people's traits and that's fine and probably glory's future where they matter less uh, because they matter more than this shit but. Yeah. <laughs> At risk of misgendering someone, I don't actually know. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. So my, my apologies as well. Pat, <laughs> good joke, and sorry. <laughs> and thank you for helping us with this show. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. And I love you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say that to Steve Tapper, though. Steve, I love you. There we go. Okay. I think hire every patron. I love you. Every listener. I love you. There's definitely tears there, though, but I'm not going to lose it. There's a lot of love to give. A lot of love to give. It's yeah. all I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's adorable and kind of sad. It's, it's sad adorable. Speaking of adorable and kind of sad, this month. Oh, I, I thought you were talking. I thought you were gonna refer to me, but yeah, go ahead. No, I'm. I'm the movie we watched. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is adorable and sad. Oh, yeah. And awesome and terrible and great. 
is 1987's The Lost Boys. Yep. Which I hope everyone's seen already. Uh, if you haven't, you might want to see it before we talk about it because I don't. This isn't really the kind of movie you can spoil, but you should see it before you get our impressions of it. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that you you need to witness before we we talk about it in excruciating detail as we always do. Because it's just, our descriptions will not do this movie justice, no matter how hard we try. So, The Lost Boys count 1987, it cost $8.5 million to make, and made $32.2 million. So... In in $1987, that's a lot of money. It is starring Jason Patrick, who you may know from Solar Babies. Of course, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. The fantastic 80s rollerblading movie wherein a, a glass orb is a friend of this gang of post-apocalyptic rollerbladers, and they save the world. So why didn't we watch this one? Why don't we watch Solar Babies? Can oh, we watch Solar Babies next? It's very bad, is why. <laughs> Can we watch it next? Course. Awesome. Well, you're gonna have to give me a couple months, but yes. <sighs> okay, fine. Also starring Corey Haim, who was in Prayer of the Roller Boys, <laughs> which is another rollerblading movie. <laughs> <laughs> He was in a lot more than that. All sensing a theme here. Prayer not unfortunately it's just the two. I was damn desperately looking through the cruise for everyone to see if I could tie every member of the cast back to rollerblading movies, but it's just Corey Haim also uh he was in a bunch of things I didn't see. Uh, he was somewhat famous in the 80s as child star. I think he was in... Was he the main guy in Silver Bullet? I think was the only other one I saw. Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. This is actually the first time I've ever seen anything with Corey Haim in it. So, I have no idea. Alright, well, uh, let's let's say yes. 
famous child star, later on famous teen heartthrob, tragically died just a couple years ago at this point from complications relating to having been a child star and what that does to your soul. So... Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Diane Weist, the mom who was also the mom in Edward Scissorhands and also the mom in Footloose and oh jeez she was in a bunch of episodes of Law and Order and she's just great yeah <laughs> I did not realize she was in all of that no she's a she's she's got quite a career she's been a bunch of shows for like more than 10 episodes and you know she just she is good but I mostly know her from Edward Scissorhands where she's the nice lady who finds him up in the cave castle and brings him back down and I really need to see that again I haven't seen it probably 20 years it's I actually don't know if it holds up I know the soundtrack holds up mm-hmm. uh, they have that sad Christmassy song that I have on my iPhone <laughs> for when I want to be sad which is always <laughs> so that's <laughs> God, speaking of songs, okay, well, I'll get back to Oh, that. boy. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll get and to of, that. And, of course, Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> who you may know from Stand By Me, 24, Flatliners, Dark City, etc., etc. Yeah. He has a career. Also, kind of starring Corey Feldman, who was in Goonies and also Stand By Me. I actually, I I did look up one thing, and this is apparently the first movie that teamed uh, Corey, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman together. Because they did a bunch of other, they did a bunch of other movies together in the eighties, I think, and this was like their first team up, or just uh, the first time they met on screen. So I I think that was kind of interesting. And later on, they were best friends or something. I know they had a reality show for a little while called The Two Corys that was about just them and their 30s or 40s kind of making their way. Hmm. I didn't know about that, but yeah, it seems pretty cool that this was sort of their, their starting point. 
as a duo. Yes. It seems like a good story. I was not tuned in enough when I was the age where they were really popular. Also, I think I was like four years old. Yeah. But, uh, they apparently suffered through a lot of child star shit together and got addicted to a lot of things together and then sort of support each other and had a falling out. And it sounds like a really good story that I haven't checked up on yet. <laughs> but will at some point. Cool. Now, um, I, I was... Now, for some weird reason, when you mentioned this movie to me, uh, when we when we first talked about uh, watching this and then talking about it, for some weird reason, I had it in my head that you said that Christian Slater was in this movie, and I don't know why I thought that. Uh, yeah, I... I, I if I said that, I was lying. Oh. <laughs> but I don't... <laughs> I don't think I meant to say it either, so... Okay. I may have misheard you, I don't know, but I could have sworn you said Kiefer Sutherland and Christian Slater, and then I was watching the credits, and I was like, where's Christian Slater? But it's okay. I mean, this... Uh, he was in... He was in an interview with a vampire, which... Okay. ...is also in 80s... Is it 80s? Might be early 90s. I think it... I thought that was early 90s. I know the book is like... Early 80s or late 70s or something, but... Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it does. It's it's not like a huge problem because this uh, the cast was pretty stacked to begin with. So yeah, it's also, not, like uh, I, not like I missed out. I want to apologize for the listeners. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff is blooming for the first time here <laughs> in the bayou. Uh-huh. And uh, if it sounds like I have a cold, I don't. This is just gonna be my life for like two or three months. <laughs> uh, so I apologize for all of it. But I have one nostril right now that's good. And that will almost surely fade very soon. It's alright. It, it's basically going to be the same with me. Because I, I, if I talk for too long, my nose stops up. And I can't stop yawning, which I think it just means that I bore myself. I don't know, but we're we're in the same boat. So it is. I mean, it's it's a visually beautiful spring here in 
the bride of Hyuus. <laughs> and all of the other animals that you can find in the bayou are, are out and it's spring and it's lovely, but listen, I can't breathe. <laughs> It was directed by Joel Schumacher, who everyone knows as the guy who put nipples on Batman. Yep. But also directed a lot of good things. He directed St. <laughs> Elmo's Fire, he directed Flatliners, he directed Falling Down. Phone Booth, also starring Kiefer Sutherland, Phantom of the Opera, which there's some mixed opinions about, but I liked it. And listen, Batman Forever is not as bad as anyone remembers. Batman Robin kind of is. <laughs> Stay tuned for that, because me and Anthony are going to talk about Batman Forever. Nice. I actually would like to go and see those. I, I wouldn't mind seeing those ones again. Because I know Batman, everyone shits on Batman forever. And I'd like to see that one again. We could do it. We could do a three host one. Ooh. Oh, wait, no. Batman and Robin. Oh, wait, which, which, wait, which one, Bat which one Batman is Batman Robin has, that's Batman Robin. Okay, that was Batman the one. Batman Forever is Val Kilmer. Right, okay, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I was thinking Batman and Robin, just because I wanted to see, uh, Everyone does, because Joel Schumacher did both. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, want, I wouldn't actually mind seeing uh, the two Tim Burton Batmans also. Did he do two? Or just one? I forget. He did two. Okay. But those ones are unironically pretty good, I think. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah. Schumacher did... Uh, Batman Forever and Batman Robin. Batman Robin is very bad. I think people were too hard on Batman Forever. It was just very different from the ones that came before it. But I'm going to save all that because we're doing a whole podcast about it. I'm not saying it's good, mind. But oh, no, I, I listen yeah. to that one. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I kind of want to see all of those again, and then I wouldn't mind seeing the the Dark Knight trilogy again. So, yeah, I mean, you're the, just, you, I just want to talk about like 16 hours of film. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm willing to, uh, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. Well, then you should see Batman vs. Superman Justice League. Yeah. And work the Ben Affleck ones into that, then we can talk.
talk about the entire franchise. Yeah, and of course, I mean, I'd have to watch the Adam West movie also. Because... Right! I, I can't not. I can't not. Yeah, that. that with the bomb. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um... Okay, but that's a different episode. Yes. The Lost Boys, 1987, mm-hmm. has a 7.3 on IMDb, 74% fresh from Rotten Tomatoes, but an 85% audience appreciation score. So wow. it's one of those. Hmm. And... On Amazon.com, it has 4.5 stars. Thanks, Amazon. (laughs) Which means it is a film that exists. Mm hmm. And is offered on Amazon.com. Okay, so I saw this movie when I was younger and I remembered it. I heard it in casual conversation at some point in the last month and thought we should watch it on this one. What's your history with this movie? Uh told me about this movie last week and then I said I was going to watch it sometime this week and I watched it this morning. That's my history with The Lost Boys. I'd never heard of it before he mentioned it last week. So what did you think? Okay, um, so I, I, I feel like my, my consciousness wasn't really that, you know, strong back in the, you know, late, mid or mid to late 80s. I was like two when this movie came out, so I wouldn't have seen it. And I, I would have, but I wouldn't remember. <laughs> but uh, like it's it's a it's a glorious movie, but it's also a, I it's also bad. <laughs> like it's parts of it are great. Parts of it are terrible, but it kind of evens out overall, I would say. That tracks, yeah. What about you? I think I love it. (laughs) But 
Not because it's good. <laughs> okay, yeah. But we're also not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I love it. It, I, it, uh, Okay, like, okay, cause, <laughs> cause the, my, my, um, my comparison as far as 80s movies are concerned, at least as far as the ones that we've reviewed for this podcast that I can remember at this very moment, is Big Trouble in Little, Big Trouble in Little China. And I like Big Trouble in Little China more as a, like, I like it more, but this is definitely, like, the more 80s of those two movies. Which, like, parts of it are good, or better than Big Trouble in Little China. Parts of it are much worse. I mean, I of course agree that Big Trouble in China is my top three movies of all time. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's fair. I don't know if I'm willing to say it's my favorite, but it's up there. That's fair. It's pretty fantastic. But this one... Like, I think it's really culturally significant for nerds. <laughs> uh, because it's, you can see the influences had on pretty much every vampire movie that came after. Like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the entire franchise, owes its entire existence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The Lost Boys, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I I didn't really consider the cultural significance of the movie because I didn't really I didn't know about it back way back when, and I, I didn't, like I didn't even hear of it until a week ago. I mean, my, my main, uh, I'm not even going to say it's my favorite, but the, the main TV thing involving vampires I spent the most time with was definitely Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, then the series, then the Angel spinoff, which combined is like, 12 seasons of television and a movie. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then there were also comic books afterward, but... Yeah. yeah but I, I, but I, I, I didn't bother with those. So. There's much... L- listen. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not even saying the comics are bad. But there are some really good comics out there. And I don't super have time for ones based on TV shows. Okay. 
yeah. where they're drawing the actors and stuff. It's weird for me. Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. But, uh, because I spent so much, so long with that show, and we watched it together, didn't we? Um, yeah. DVD is how old we were, like a decade ago? Yeah, it was about that, I think. So I'm pretty familiar with it, because I saw every episode of it, and <laughs> it is a love letter to this movie almost entirely, I think. And I'll mention every time in the movie where there's something lifted directly. <laughs> um, that's good because I didn't, I didn't get the chance to, to watch this movie twice like I normally like to. Uh, I only got the chance to watch it this morning. So I kind of had to cram both the watch it as a movie goer and watch it with a with an analytical eye at the same time. So I didn't really get the the best experience for it. So maybe if I watch it again just as uh, as a movie watcher, I, my opinion would change of it, but like my opinion is just kind of like, it's okay, but I just probably missed out on most of the cultural significance of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention a bunch of stuff. Okay. Please do, because I think of the two of us, I'm the one who spends way more time with vampire trash and likes it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, probably. (laughs) They're just neat. I don't know. (laughs) So, So, originally, apparently, this movie... Supposed to be more of like the Goonies. Have you seen the Goonies? Yes. Also starring Corey Feldman. And was supposed to be done by Richard Donner, I think is his name. The guy who did the Goonies and Superman and a bunch of stuff that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it was much more of a Peter Pan analogy that it wound up being because the the guy who Kiefer Sutherland plays was supposed to be more like Corey Haynes' age. Uh, The whole thing was supposed to be the age of like the Frog Brothers and the Little Brother and there weren't supposed to be older teenagers. Hmm. The main bad guy vampire was supposed to be named Peter, <laughs> and it was a very direct sort of analogy of like, what if Peter Pan was real, but the reason they were immortal and could fly is because they vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and then does that sort of 
kids movie from the 80s thing where some boys are in real mortal danger and have to figure it out themselves sort of thing. Okay. Which is a movie I would have watched because I've only seen one vampire movie. I've seen two vampire movies starring children. Hmm. Interview with Vampire, which is a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> and Let the Right One In, which is the best vampire movie I've ever seen. And the main character is like 10 or something. Hmm. It's also from Sweden or Norway or Finland or someplace, I don't even know. And is in subtitles, so <laughs> if you hate subtitles, you won't like it. They made an American version. I don't vouch for that one. I'm not saying it's bad. I haven't seen it. But the, the Swedish one, I'm guessing. <laughs> Seriously, the best favorite I've ever seen. So, wow. I would have watched The Lost Boys with kids, and it might have been pretty good anyway. But Richard Donner apparently left the project because he was offered something that sounded a little more promising called, like, Die Hard or something. I don't know. What? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Or Lethal Weapon. I get those two mixed up so much. <laughs> Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. They're very different movies, but they're linked in my brain via... I don't even know what. <laughs> so it went to Joel Schumacher, who was willing to do it if he could up the ages of the vampires and make everything sexy. Which he did. Which he did. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did he ever. And, you know, it's, it's... It's Joel Schumacher, so... And I assume, just because I know him as... The guy who did those various other movies. The guy who... kind of injects some weird, fun, homoerotic stuff into everything he does, that he's the one who probably decided, like, okay, but what if it was also kind of a gay analogy and kind of a drug abuse analogy, which it seems like it is for most of it. <laughs> So I think he probably made the movie a lot more interesting, but it's also a very different, very different project than it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad things went the way they did. Yeah. 
I, I, I would say for the most part, yeah. I agree with that, but we'll get to that more when we go in depth, I suppose. Sure, sure. Yeah. Should we go ahead and do that, or is there a... I think you want to mention... I, I don't really have... I don't think I have anything else, like, in general to, to really talk about. Just, you covered a lot of it, and you know more about the movie than I do. So, yeah, let's... Might as well dive in. Okay, so... We start with that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the synthesizer with a children's choir that's singing. Are they singing the Ten Commandments? Was that was uh, that just me? No, because one of them is "Thou shalt not fall." Okay. Which I know isn't one of the Ten Commandments. Okay. It is the name of a rock album around 2008 by G. Tom Mack, who's the guy who wrote the song originally. Okay. And the song is called Cry Little Sister. Alright. It starts out all, all spooky, death tonesy, mm-hmm. and then gets into choir stuff with 80s synth, mm-hmm. and it's the most vampire-ass song I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. But that could just be because it's inextricably linked to the lost voice in my head. Possibly, yeah. And they did that thing that they used to do with movies that have theme song where they take musical cues from it and actually use them throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah, because they they insert that theme like five or six more times throughout the movie. Yeah, but also they insert like musical cues from the theme. Oh. For a little... You know what I mean? Uh, what... It won't just cut to the song, it'll be just like the choir line from it. Like they chopped it up and put it in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they seem not to do much anymore. Yeah, I guess not. But I liked. Yeah, so it's called Cry Little Sister. Uh, I, of course, did put it on my phone (laughs) after watching this movie. And it makes everything I do seem a little creepy while I'm listening to it. (laughs) Can't tell if it's actually about incest. 
but it seems like it might be. And it's... It's pretty great. <laughs> we start with that song. A big ol' overhead helicopter shot of the ocean, which comes up a lot in this movie. And we get the merry-go-round scene. Yeah, so they're, they're at the boardwalk in... I guess it's like Southern California or some sort of area like that. Sounds right. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. The, so, like, the first thing we see, yeah, we see Kiefer Sutherland walking through the crowd with his glorious 80s hair. Uh, and then the other Lost Boys with, yeah. uh, with the Not bullets. even just a crowd. He's, like, swinging through the merry-go-round the people are on. Oh, I did not notice that. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, this, this is gonna be the running theme. There's probably a lot of shit I missed just watching this the one time. <laughs> so I missed that part. But, yeah. So it's him and a bunch of other and a bunch of the lost boys that are walking going through the, uh, the boardwalk and just kind of you know, leather jackets and mullets. Yeah. And then there's a there's a mustachioed security guard who tells them that you know, he he thought he told them to not come by there anymore. And it got weirdly silent there, right? At that point. Like, there was all the noise from the background, and then it just stopped. Well, it, it kind of right. fades out, I thought. It didn't come oh, yeah. too soon. Yeah, like, like it sure. faded, but it definitely faded way into the background. Like, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't loud like it was five seconds before. And this is the first time I noticed that uh, one of my favorite characters on TV when I was uh, a tween, I don't know exactly how old it was, uh, but Spike from Buffy Angel mm -hmm. is directly Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> they just liked this movie like that one. Yeah, so I can see that. <laughs> and then, so the security guard's doing his job, and something, which I think we all guess what it is, but something comes and gets him from another 
POV shot. Not like a weird Sam Raimi POV shot. Like it's, it's, I think it's always helicopters or they didn't have drones yet. So I don't know what they used to get these shots. Yeah. It would be huge crane if it was a crane shot. But yeah, I mean, it could have been like a crane that had a, a camera that has an ability to, to zoom way out and then zoom way in or something. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it could have been definitely like a helicopter or something opposed to that sort. But yeah, that's not no filmmaking is discipline. Nor do I. So, but yeah, it's like after the boardwalk closes and he is walking to his car, I guess, or just walking home. And uh, he's walking his car because uh, it tears the door off. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, so something flies at him and he screams and then uh well I mean he's he's dead and then uh yeah but you know, he he scuffly gets to his car which he thinks is going to be protection and then whatever it is tears the door off his car then pulls him up into the sky yeah and which I like a lot (laughs) as a kill method yeah (laughs) and so I think we can safely assume he's dead because he doesn't show up again yeah And establishes that whatever the threat is, which I think we can all guess at this point already, that it's... Well, I, I don't know, actually. If you if you were going to this completely blind and didn't know it was a vampire movie, you wouldn't know that it was the guys that he told off in the scene before, I guess. Probably not. I mean, it's such as a monster or something. Yeah, it could have. I mean, it could have been anything. Honestly, we don't. We don't know. It's not really established till a little bit later what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, and I knew because I'd seen the movie before. I can't recall a time when I didn't know it was a vampire movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, if he didn't, well, we have a spoilers disclaimer at the beginning of the yeah. episode. But uh, when we've already recommended twice now that people go watch the film first. Yeah, we're good. We're yeah, good. That's fine. <laughs> it's what we do. But it establishes that the vampires in this world can fly and are super strong, or at least strong enough to, you know, tear cars apart. Yep. 
We have another helicopter, crane, whatever shot. In the daytime now, of the family arriving and driving through town. Yeah. And we get, uh, we get a cover of People Are Strange, the song. Uh, yeah. Showing all the weirdos of, what was the city name? Santa, Santa, Santa Carla. It's right. like Santa Cruz. But, uh, yeah. I guess Santa Cruz didn't want to be in a movie where they're going to be told to be the murder capital of the world, <laughs> the place that everyone should avoid. So, uh, yeah, I guess. Which so. murder capital of the world? Like, that includes a lot of places. <laughs> Like, if there's any first world country with the murder capital of the world in, I feel like it would disincorporate the town of that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just built a giant fence around it. I mean, there's entire cities that are, like, currently run by cartels. It can't be murder capital of the world, can it? <laughs> no. I, I don't think so. But I think that might have just been um, overblown exaggeration maybe from whoever said that. I forget who said that. There's civil wars going on. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we get to see all the weirdos in in Santa Carla, uh, as the song "People Are Strange" plays. Yeah, they can't do the actual doors because Jim Morrison is a character in this movie. <laughs> and that would be weird. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The old oh, God, I never Jim even Morris. thought about that. But, yeah, it's... That, that's He's completely a, true. He's exactly fucking yeah, Jim Morrison. No, uh, I as hard as he can. Be. I did not even yeah. think about that, but that's a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> it, it was to the point where when I saw the Jim Morrison poster in a later scene in the background, for a second I was like, "Why do they have this picture? Oh, that's <laughs> that's not Jason Patrick in this movie. That's." Uh, who he desperately wants to be in this movie. <laughs> I really like this montage. The, 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 the town of... So I've seen a bunch of movies take place in a California beach town. And there's the, the stock footage thing, and they're like, oh, people in bikinis, oh, like street performers, oh, everyone loves the roller coaster. Mm. 
this one seemed more accurate than most. Like, you, you see the, the beach bum personalities, and you see the, like, a bunch of people sort of hanging out and not doing anything. You see that they're homeless folks, and you see that, you know, there's gangs, and the, it, it just felt very lived in and real from California Beach towns as I understand them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I've been through a couple of times. Yeah, and I just liked it. It was, it felt like a, a three-dimensional place that lived and breathed because I think they probably just didn't use extras and might have actually just shot a bunch of people on the street. <laughs> yeah, it definitely felt less sort of stereotypical than, uh, than what you would see in most of those kinds of, like, like you said, the, the beach town movies. So, yeah, it was kind of nice to, to show a, a much greater variety of folk uh, living in the city and actually living in the seemingly living in the city. So that was kind of yeah. It was neat. And it's, I mean, it's, I also recognize, like, most of the places because I've been to Santa Cruz a bunch of times at this point. <laughs> Which is a nice place. Have you been? Uh, I don't think so. We should go sometime. Yeah. They got roller coasters and beaches and stuff. Yeah. Alright. We might get pickpocketed, but whatever. I mean, what, what pockets, though? we have right right <laughs> sorry <laughs> we should swim there yeah and bob offshore with the sea lions yeah I mean sure. basically kin I mean, I guess, I guess maybe someone could could pick something out of the the pockets of the our, our, the folds of our skin. Yeah, basically, when I need yeah. to carry something, I just sort of arch my back and bend way over, then put it on my tummy. Yeah. Then return to my regular posture and it's just enfolded somewhere. Yeah. The problem is I can't get it back out unless I also do this twist myself around. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cute, not gross. <laughs> <Corners>. <laughs> Uh, so they go up to 
to their grandfather's weird taxidermy cabin. <laughs> yeah. Where he's playing dead on the front porch. <laughs> and the little brother immediately establishes how shitty he is by complaining about there being no MTV. <laughs> yeah. Which is 80s signal number one. Mm-hmm. No, well, I mean, I think Kiefer Sutherland's hair was 80s signal, signal number one. This is like 80 signal number nine by this point. But I, I, uh, he's a vampire. He could just be a dude from the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. But, oh, you mean, you mean what establishes that as, as a distinctly 80s movie? Yeah, like, now we know we are not past 1995, at least. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. When when did MTV stop being relevant? Uh, I don't know. Whenever the internet started becoming popular. So, mid-90s? Late-90s? I, I don't know. I don't. That wasn't cool because I didn't have cable. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I, I don't know when MTV stopped showing music videos, so that around then, I guess. Hey. Yeah. Well, it's dated and fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's my only point. <laughs> This cabin is dope as hell. I don't know why they're complaining about it, except they're just shitty kids. <laughs> but, well, because they want their MTV. Well, what's-his-name wants his MTV? Corey Ham yeah. wants his MTV. Jason Patrick doesn't seem to give a shit. And the character's name is Sam, so I'm just going to call him Corey Ham because that's your name. That's, that's not going to work. That's fine, yeah. But then Jim Morrison is <laughs> a little cooler about everything and doesn't seem to care. And their mom... So they established that the reason they're there is because they just got a divorce and now they came over from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Exactly like in Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's that. They're financially ruined. So she has to live with her dad. <laughs> a weirdo who lives in the hills and stuffs to the animals. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I really enjoyed one of his, his very specific lines where he's talking about how he 
he gets the TV guide and he reads it and he doesn't want them to tear off the label on the front or he doesn't want them because if it gets curled up then it might ruin the TV guide and uh, how he, he has his root beer and his, his <laughs> double thick Oreos uh, it's like you don't specific. have to watch TV if you can read the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just as good as watching the TV. I mean, so. one of the notes I actually have is that... So, Grandpa loves Oreos and root beer. <laughs> loves his old-ass car. Hates going into town and reads about TV instead of watching it. <laughs> he is me. <laughs> He's the character I identify with the most, not the kids. The grandpa who seems to hate kids. <laughs> Who I'm gonna be, it might be who I am now. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote down specifically that I my my thought was that I love a good curmudgeon, and he he fits the bill perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's awful. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, what else? It, it has this sort of cycle of, for a couple of days, they're going back and forth between Santa Carla and just sort of hanging out. Oh, the grandpa also has pop plants in the window. <laughs> I did not <laughs> notice that. <laughs> yeah, they make a little psych gag about it where it's, it's there above his kitchen sink and then the kids being shitty are like pointing out like, hey, hey, Grandpa smokes. <laughs> Which also me <laughs> also explains a lot of it does actually <laughs> cause when they first drive up what he's just he's lying on his front porch playing dead in the sun which is exhibit A in my theory that I was going to mention later towards the end that I was disappointed by. Okay. Then they go back to town. This fucking concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you describe it. Okay. Okay. So, it's... It's that one song that has 
it's it's one of many songs that's known for its uh, incredible saxophone riff. I had to use 21st century technology to figure out what it was. It's it's a cover of the song I Still Believe by it's it's originally by a group called The Call, but in this case it's covered by a guy named Tim Capello. Yeah. Who, um, my God, Tim Capello. <laughs> He's the saxophonist for Tina Turner in the 80s and 90s, right? I, I did not know that. I just looked up yeah. his name. But my goodness. And it's just... It's... It is it is the perfect 80s concert for I mean especially when you're viewing it as a movie because you get you get the crowd and then you get Jim Morrison who's trying to enjoy it as best he can and then he sees the girl, which, you know, that's what happens in 80s movies. Yep. You see the girl from across the way. I'm missing something, I feel, aren't I? I feel like we're skipping over what Tim Capello's performance looks like. <laughs> Because he's also a bodybuilder, and he's wearing this bright purple pair of pants and, like, a pint and a half of oil. And that's it. He's in front of this giant beach crowd, and it's just... It's... It's... Just <laughs> it, it, it. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if it's the most eighties thing I've ever seen, or if it might still be common in like Eastern Europe. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those two. It could and be. It's, <laughs> glorious and terrible <laughs> to behold okay and I don't understand see I was I was kind of I was thinking because again I only I only saw this movie the one time I was thinking I may have my eyes were deceiving me and that I wasn't actually watching a bodybuilder trying to do that singing this song. Oh no, it's like, oh no, he, it's like, okay, you confirmed my thoughts. 
Oh, he's huge and super tan. He has like the blonde mullet. Yeah. Looks like a wrestler. <laughs> In part because of the purple spandex pants. Mm-hmm. And he's just on his saxophone. Not exactly lip syncing with what's supposed to be going on because sometimes he sings and the sax is so going and I can hear it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's Tim Capello. I think I'm a fan now. <laughs> Uh, I've only seen the one performance. I don't want to see another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and then then plot. Whatever. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, Jim Morrison starts literally stalking this chick. Like, he just follows her away from concert. Yeah. It's really creepy. Uh, but he's not the bad guy, it turns out. He just acts like <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the second most 80s character in the movie oh, is yeah. introduced as the owner of this video store the mom wanders into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max. Yes. Played by, I don't know his name, but he's the grandpa in Gilmore Girls. He's <laughs> like Ed something, I think. I forget. That is almost certainly correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's also, yeah, Ed, Edward Herman. There you go. Playing Max. Okay. Who has the most shoulder pads. See, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off of his glasses. So. <laughs> I did not notice the shoulder pads. It's just, it's just this overall silhouette. Is that of a rectangle with the head? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He's great. Oh yeah, he's he's great. He's fantastic. He's but there's two characters whose every look is super 80s and it's Corey Haim mm-hmm. who's doing like the brightly colored neon patterns thing with the shoulder pads Yeah, and Max who has like a three piece suit that's brightly <laughs> colored patterns and has shoulder pads <laughs> And just very, very sharp shoulders, and I don't know why that was so important to me, but I couldn't look away. (laughs) 
the Lost Boys come in, but he's like, leave my store, and they do. But they give him that look like they're going to kill him later, like the security guard. Yeah. And he offers the mom a job. Yeah. Because I guess he said something like, or she said something like, I look that desperate, don't I? Because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, she did just get divorced and lost. Well, she is out looking for jobs. Yeah. That's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't really seem like a video store type, but neither does he, so whatever. Yeah. And the... Also a little bit dated, but I love lines. Like, I have the finest selection of videotapes <laughs> yes. in uh, Santa Carla. Like, yeah. really leaning on the videotapes today. <laughs> like, like, I miss videotapes. VHS was better. Yeah. It remembered where you paused it. It didn't scratch up when you left it on stuff. <laughs> Even if the tape gets all caught up and burnt, you can just open up with a screwdriver, cut the tape, use scotch tape to replace it, and then it'll play. <laughs> I had to do that twice, really. You lose three seconds of the movie because the tape is on fire, but that's fine. You tape it in so it works. <laughs> they were superior technology. <laughs> to everything except it. They were better than DVD, they were better than Blu-ray, they were better than whatever comes next. I admit the digital's probably better. Like, pure digital download stuff. Yeah. But other than that, it was VHS tapes, I'm telling you. <laughs> DVDs were an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got, I got an opinion on it. That's fine. <laughs> so I, I, I totally understand. I get it. Take a stand. <laughs> it's just little rightward facing triangle arrow DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was curious if anything that they were saying is accurate at all, or if they're just spewing random nerd nonsense. I mean, does it matter? It really shouldn't. <laughs> but to me, it does a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. Like, there's always going to be that little thought in the back of my head that when whenever Corey Haim was saying something about Superman at number what 74 not should, shouldn't be mixed in with the Superman 200s or something I'll wonder yeah. if that's accurate even though it I doesn't matter that's even require comic book knowledge. Like, yeah, that's counting. Yeah. Counted wrong. <laughs> like, 70 comes before 200. I know this because of school. <laughs> that's not... I know, but I meant, like, storyline-wise. Because I don't know how... How, like, the timeline of Superman goes as far as the comics go. Like, if he goes back in time or that sort of... They, whatever. Doesn't matter. Well, I, I do know... So, one thing that occurred to me is, like... I mean, he's just... He's... He's being a shitty kid bragging. I don't know if it's true or not. But he he implies that he has I don't know, it's Batman number something low. Yeah. Thirteen or fourteen or something. Yeah. That the Corey Feldman character and he has a brother, and the brother's fine. He's just not as memorable for some reason. He just doesn't say as much stuff. Yeah, he gets like a quarter of the same, a quarter of the number of lines that that Corey Feldman gets. So yeah, yeah. And I, and I wonder if that's. I mean, that was my impression too. I actually didn't count. I don't know if that's true or if he just says it more forgettably. Because Corey Feldman is a dressed like Rambo, <laughs> and B speaking as low as his little like fourteen year old voice can. Like he's doing the he's doing. He's straight doing Rambo. Yeah. It's a Sylvester Sloan impression <laughs> while he's dressed like Sylvester Sloan in the movie Rambo starring Sylvester Sloan. <laughs> I think because the Frog Brothers aren't actually supposed to be cool, they're supposed to be <laughs> dorks who are trying really hard to be cool. Yeah. Or they actually thought that was cool when they're making the movie. 
don't know. It could have been both, because it's definitely established later on that they're trying to be, like, suave and cool, but they're definitely not. Yeah. But it could also have been that they thought, oh, this this is how we have to portray these characters. Because, uh, you know, the Frog Brothers have to be... They have to be badasses. They have to talk as low as possible. If you talk as gravelly as possible, they have to try to be as awesome as possible. But it's just more obvious than it would be out even an adult character because that's not your voice. <laughs> but I wonder if they were doing it on purpose because he might have been at that age where his voice was cracking. Maybe. They're like, you know when your voice won't crack if you're always talking like freaking Batman. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, yeah. Maybe. But, okay, so he he's, he's pointing out this really rare Batman comic or whatever, and Corey Haynes like, oh yeah, I know there's only five in the world. I'm looking for the other four, like I have one, uh, which I assume is a lie, but if it's not, why are you letting your mom move in with your grandfather <laughs> and desperately look for work, like you have a half million dollar comic book or something? <laughs> Understand collecting? Well, I obviously don't because it just said it's a half million dollar comic book and it's probably like a two thousand dollar comic book. <laughs> I don't know the point is, he's he can't both be destitute and homeless and in possession of rare artifacts. <laughs> Like it's not. Well, I mean, you can if you spend all of your money on on useless and rare artifacts. That's fair. Yeah. It's also around this time that I realize Corey Haim doesn't close his mouth for this entire movie. <laughs> Yeah. He's <laughs> um, <laughs> just sort of always doing the half smug like uh <laughs> face, which is a choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so for some reason they're shit testing him on whether or not he's a fake nerd girl or not. Because he needs to know all this bullshit about conflicts <laughs> for them to push vampire comics on him. Mm -hmm. 
because it's a really weird scene. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing out of that one. Uh, skips from there to the, the Jim Morrison brother is still stalking the girl, but she gets on uh, not Spike's motorcycle, because of course she does. And then suddenly Corey is also <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, I, w I wasn't sure if it I felt weird that they, I mean, was the comic book shop at the boardwalk? Is that what the establishment is? Yeah, but even so, like, he has that, that whole, like, oh, great, my entire evening's being decided by your sex glands when he realizes his big brother is straight stalking this girl. And Big Brother's like, well, you can go somewhere else. It's like, I will. And goes to the comic book store, but is still with his brother. And it doesn't work just physically. Mm. But whatever, it's an editing mistake. Okay. But so she gets away from this creepy stalker guy to hang out with her actual friends. The Lost Boys. Yeah. And skips from there to the make-out point murder. <laughs> right. Where there's... There's a couple. They're in a car. And they're doing their thing. And there's more... Well, well he is doing his thing. Right. She's reading a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. And then she hears something. He, he obviously ignores it because he's, he's in the mood. And then the roof of their car gets torn off. Yeah, and we get the we get the same overhead view. They both scream, and they're 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 you know the same thing happened with the same. Yeah, just get pulled up into the sky. Yeah, which. I like a lot. That's a that's a scary. Uh, that's a monster. It's hard to beat. Like when it's super dark above you, sometimes the night sky grabs you and pulls you away. <laughs> that's that's spooky. I like it. Yeah. I got nothing else about this one to you. No. That's, no, that's, that's about all that happened in that. But yeah, it's still, it's, it's effective. Yeah, it's cool. And it, it, again, shows they're super strong because they can, 
It's not like a convertible, it's like a metal car that just sort of peeled the roof off of. Yeah. Like a sardine can. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's spooky. Mm-hmm. Crazy Grandpa's classic car. Yep. This is the next one. Mm-hmm. Where he's he is gonna take Corey Haim to town. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she just lets him sit in his car. He has this actually really nice car. It's like this sea foam <laughs> uh, I'm not a car guy but one of those old 50's convertible classic cars and instead they just sit in it and then he gets back out well no no directly saying he, oh, no, he, he actually turns the car on and then they drive forward six inches, and then he turns the car off and gets out. And says, that's as close as town as I like to get. Yeah, which, which would be a funny joke, I guess, except he didn't just say, let's go to town. And like, He's not joking, he's <laughs> lying. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> it's just Grandpa's crazy again. <laughs> Cut back to the crazy comic brothers. Who were just pushing another vampire comic on him. Yeah, they they were starting to feel kind of threatening for, for being vampire hunters. Well, they're kind of being threatening the whole time. Like, there's these weirdos at the comic store that keep, like, accosting him. <laughs> yeah. Because there are no customers, because other customers are too weird out by these guys. Yeah. <laughs> So, basically, we just sort of repeat the day before, mm-hmm. because they're, they're still saying, like, you, uh, be careful about vampires and real nevadas, spooky. This town got vampires in it, or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And meanwhile, outside, Jim Morrison is back stalking this girl. So, like, they inserted a day there, but everyone's in the same place doing the same things before. Except there's no concert this time. I mean, there probably is still down at the beach, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's not. It's, it's summer. 
Yeah, but it's, it's, they don't, at least they don't show it. Yeah, they don't show, uh, Tim, what the hell's his name? Shit. Tim, 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 Tim Capello. They don't show him, uh, they don't show his, his, his moves. I mean, I like to think he's, he's always out there watching over (laughs) us, but I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like I'm making fun. It's unironically the weirdest, (laughs) like, I kind of love him. It's so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, as I said before, our words cannot do total justice to this movie. Like, you have to see these things, really. Yeah, and listen, if you can't see this movie, you can just Google Tim Capella Lost Boys and watch that two minutes of it. Yeah. If you want to. Mm-hmm. Or you know what? Bing it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me tell you what brand I'm loyal to. There you go. I've I've been using Bing lately because Google keeps wanting me to download their browser. And I'm like, hey, I only need you for this one thing, guys. (laughs) I'll take my business elsewhere. And Bing's like, like here? And I'm like, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've been doing. That's, yeah, okay. He brought Jim Morrison stalking the girl again. Again, the Lost Boys show up. And, uh, what's his name? David? Yeah. Not Spike? Yeah. Kiefer. I'm gonna call him Kiefer. That works. <laughs> Is sort of like, like, teasing Jim Morrison in a, in a very fun sort of come on, let's be friends way. <laughs> While Jim Morrison is actively trying to sleep with his girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Like, for the villain of the movie, he's actually being really cool about (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Or he's like, hey... Let's go motorcycle racing. <laughs> and he had the line that I thought, like, because Jim Morrison, brother, 
I don't know the character's name. I know he's Jason Patrick. He's the actor. He's Jim Morrison. <laughs> look. Yeah. He's... I really don't remember. It's 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 Michael, right? Yeah. Right, because if you want to die, you can play a drinking game where you take a shot every time anyone says Michael in this movie. <laughs> Kiefer alone will kill you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kiefer will kill you. The Lost Boys are... The rest of the Lost Boys will be overkill. It's it's one of those... So often it sounds disingenuous. (laughs) They say his name. Yeah. But he says, you know, I can't keep up with your bike. And Kiefer's channel's like, you don't have to beat me, you just have to keep up. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be better than my supernatural ass to win my respect. <laughs> like, just don't puss out. <laughs> That's generous. Yeah. And then they go riding down the beach. Yeah. And, okay, so I I don't know how many established things that vampires have at this point. I'm guessing most of them. Don't, can't vampires usually, like, see in the dark? I mean, that would make sense as an adaptation, but I don't know if there, um... There was one I saw where they saw, like, the infrared spectrum, like, the Predator, or, like... Okay. Like, IR cams. Okay. And that made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I don't think they talked about it in this one at all. I was just curious because they had their headlights on their motorcycles and I thought that seems weird because they're vampires. But maybe they're just trying to seem more human. I don't know. Well, also they can fly, so why motorcycles at all? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I, although they do look fun, I gotta miss fun. <laughs> yeah. And I guess they they actually fly pretty slowly. Come think of it, so it seemed like they can, yeah. they can float. Yeah, but I bet motorcycles are faster. Probably. Actually, they never they never take them out like a moving car or anything. They're always fast enough, or they're always slow enough that you can run away from them if you see them. But they're always above you at night, so you don't see them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I argued with myself and I withdraw my original <laughs> claim of why they even have motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> so they race and um, 
I guess it gets to a point where I, I, I didn't see exactly what happened, but I, I read in a synopsis later that I guess uh, <laughs> uh, just a little bit of it, like that he, that uh, Jim Morrison almost drove off a cliff. So what happened? Yeah, because it's like, okay. Because it starts as a race yeah. where it seems like the challenge is more just staying on a motorcycle while driving across sand, which I assume is hard. And then it's a game of chicken where they're, like, racing into the fog near a seaside cliff. I guess I could is also cool. Uh, I guess I could tell what's happening because of all the fog. Right, well, it's a really dark scene. Like, you mostly see headlights and beams yeah. and fog and stuff. Yeah. But so... So no one dies. They both stop short of the cliff. Kiefer's being really cool about it, sort of like laughing, like, hey, good job. Mm-hmm. And Jim Morrison <laughs> freaks out and assaults him. <laughs> and Kiefer's still being really cool yeah. about it. He's like, that's fine, you lost your cool and punched me in the face. You want to go get high? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, sorry I played a dangerous game with you when you were trying to sleep with my girlfriend. Come on, let's hang out. (laughs) Like, he's the coolest guy. (laughs) Then they go to probably the coolest hideout since hideouts have existed. Yeah, it was like an underground, like a, it was like a hotel or something, like a hotel lobby. They said it used to be a big fancy hotel, like the fanciest hotel around a hundred years ago, uh, before the big quake of... 1908 or something? 1905? Yeah, like that. Something around there. 1906 something. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the the second thing that Buffy the Vampire Slayer ripped off directly. Because <laughs> you remember the first season, the bad guy's lair was a church that had been swallowed up by the earth during the big San Francisco earthquake of 1905 or whatever. This is a hotel that got swallowed up by a crack in the earth (laughs) in the big San Francisco (laughs) earthquake or whatever. But it's really cool. Yeah. It's like a cave that's also a hotel lobby. And it's great to have just 
posters up everywhere, including one of Jim Morrison that I thought was of Michael. <laughs> because there was a somewhere that was like, oh wait, no. No, that's just lampshading what they're doing there. Is this... Is this the part where they have the Chinese food or is that later? I forget. I feel like they cut away for a minute. Okay. Oh yeah, because... Yeah, the next thing I have here is that... uh, It's it's the... I think it's the scene where where Grandpa gives... uh, Gives Corey Haim the first of many gifts... Yeah, which is what? Was it like a, like a badger? Not a badger, like a, a beaver? Yeah, some sort of large, sort of rodenty thing, taxidermied. He <laughs> just puts it right on Corey Ham's nightstand. It's like this is this will protect you over the, like when you're sleeping. It's like yeah, like, I'm not I'm not good with large rodents, but it's either a beaver or a marmot or maybe a giant gopher, but I think gophers are smaller than that. Yeah, maybe like, like a, maybe a, maybe like a vole. I don't know. I know it's not a pine marten. I okay. those look like snakes that are also cats. They're the worst animals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> There was a pine marten living in the roof when I when I worked at that park that one time. And it was oh. we couldn't get it out. It was always just you'd be working on something else and look up and there's just like three feet from your head, the spooky cat face yeah. on the end of a furry snake, just like swirling around outside of the ceiling, like, Christ, <laughs> and they They're the worst animal. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, this is also the scene where one of Corey Haim's posters is a beautiful young buff Rob Lowe (laughs) pulling up his shirt to show the photographer his abs. (laughs) Because yeah. And I don't know. I never know what's supposed to be subtext that a character is gay and what's just the 80s. <laughs> but this is the first time where I thought, like, wait, is this. 
This is an analogy for something, but they dropped the ball somewhere. Because... Then... The Corey Haim character never has to come to terms with anything. Yeah. But it's very strange. Anyway, I'm just pointing these things out because there seems to be stuff going on in this movie never quite finished. <laughs> or Rob Lowe pulling up his shirt to show everyone's abs. It's just the thing that the boys in 87 loved. <laughs> it, yeah. It could have been either one, honestly. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they. So, this is when they do go back to the hotel and they're eating Chinese food. Because I actually have yeah. this here. Because. Well, and didn't he give him a joint at one point? Like, did he? Uh, oh yeah, I guess he did, huh? Because I thought oh, the appetizer—that's what he said. Cool all the time. Yeah, yeah. He said something about an appetizer. So so far we have this guy is actively trying to sleep with his girlfriend and has punched him in the face. Mm-hmm. What this guy has done in turn is go motorcycle racing with him, <laughs> invite him back to his place, get him high, and get him dinner. <laughs> it seems for this evil mastermind has done so far. <laughs> The villain does not feel like the villain. The villain is the coolest guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So what happens uh, in the infamous Chinese food scene, which is pretty famous? I guess that, ex- that, that might explain why... Why Jim Morrison saw what he saw was that he was high, I guess. Because I I didn't think about that. That didn't register to me until just now. Because I just thought it was it might have been a regular cigarette. Because because he hands Jim Morrison a box of rice and. Morrison like picks up a couple grains of rice with his fingers like he doesn't eat it with a spoon right or chopsticks or am I wrong I think he's eating with chopsticks but then he he looks down into it and yeah and it's Kiefer can hypnotize him somehow because he's like, you're eating maggots, Michael. Yeah. 
They looks down and it's a box full of maggots and it's gross. Yeah. And he spits it out and tosses the rice on the ground. And then all the lost boys start laughing. And the girl looks distressed and she says, Stop it! And he looks down, but Jim Morrison looks down and it's just rice. Yeah. He does the same thing with chow mein noodles, where they're worms, but they're actually just noodles, and he's fucking with them. Yeah. To, I guess, make it so when, in a second, he, he gives them a bottle of blood. Yeah. Then Jim Morrison won't believe it's not wine just because it looks like blood, because he's being fucked the whole time. Yeah. Seem like it. But so there's this ominous, like, give him the bottle, and they give him this bottle of wine, and he takes a swig. Um, it's clearly blood, but whatever. <laughs> have you seen what we do in the shadows? I have not. I keep meaning to. Okay. They. They reference the scene really, really well. Oh, that's all I've said. If if you guys at home haven't seen what we do in the shadows, if you like vampire shit, which yours truly does more than most people, I think, (laughs) it's really funny. It's, It's starring... That guy from Flight of the Conquerors, and that guy from Thor Ragnarok, and that guy from something else I don't remember. Anyway, but they give him this ominous bottle of wine, he drinks it because he's not a wuss. And he's really just going along with everything, even though he supposedly hates these people. Mm -hmm. And this is where they go hang out underneath the train tracks, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) See. Yeah, um, never mind. And where, where they test the old like, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it too? <laughs> and in Michael's case, it's yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, that's what they're doing. Like, it's weird initiation. They're thrill-seeker guys. They're out of bridge. They jump off the bridge. They're holding on under it while a train goes across it. Because the vibration might make them fall or something. 
but then they all do fall. Yeah. But they're all laughing at the time, too. They're like, this is awesome. You know, and they're just, they're yelling Michael. And, you know, if you're you're taking shots at this point, you're probably pretty sloshed. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I was. Uh, let's see, and then, so, they all fall, and the train finally passes, and eventually Michael's, he can't hold on any longer, because he's still, I guess, human at this point, uh, and he falls, and he falls into the fog, he falls for a really long time and then it's the next morning and he's in bed yeah there's just like did they carry him back or is it just a time jump yeah it's I don't know it's never made clear and I guess yeah, we, we don't know how he got back. Yeah, he's just, he's back in his house. Yep. And, yeah, he, he, he needs his sunglasses because he's Jim Morrison. And he's, he's hungover, is acting hungover. Yeah, but mostly because he's Jim Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. And their mom calls, and I I don't, I can never quite tell how much time has passed in this movie, because it seems like it's only been about three days, but it, I don't know, it starts to feel like, uh, they're just sort of time jumping, like weeks at a time, like maybe just sort of establishing characterization of them, where she says something like, you've been acting like this, you're waking up late, and all this sort of thing, but it's, it's like, the, this is the first time we've seen it happen. So just feels kind of weird, yeah, like, disjointed in that well, way. This has been a recurring pattern for him for a while, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. If it's just, if it's just what he does normally, I don't know. Yeah, and he, he's basically just acting like he's on drugs. He's, uh... Or that's usually what she assumes, because he wakes up really late in the day, and he's just sort of groaning and tired, and, you know, rubbing his temples, and mm-hmm. wearing sunglasses all the time stuff. Mm-hmm. He has trippy visions of 
bikers outside, but they're not there for some reason. And I think his mom is dating her boss right now. Like they're at dinner or something. Yeah, like they're they're trying they're trying to like he asks her out. They're trying to uh, trying to go on a date. Uh, let's see. I think we skipped a little bit. I forget what the... So so you already know that Max is a creepy predator because your boss shouldn't ask you out. Mm -hmm. It's inappropriate. There's a power dynamic. Listen. (laughs) Kids. (laughs) If you're listening to the podcast... Uh, if someone in a position of authority over you asks you out, that's creepy behavior. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, she's divorced. And she's fine with it because it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Alright, so... So she she's going out. Uh, Grandpa's going out to to get some tail, and he uses Windex oh, yeah, as aftershave. Cause there's a widow, right? Yes. Like, yeah. And yeah, so he he's talking to Corey Ham about how he's gonna go. I forget exactly the words, but it was something to do with the this widow, and it's it's obvious even to Corey Haim what he's doing. Yeah, and then so that's why Jim Morrison has to stay home with Corey Haim. Yep. Because he's babysitting, which is again why it's not established how long it's been. This is the first evening he's been home with with the kid brother for X number of time, X amount of time, X number of days. That makes more sense. Yeah. This little brother bathes really. <laughs> He's he's just sort of like rubbing soap in his hair, and that's it. Yeah, which, which brings me to another question. So he still takes baths. Yeah, I know a lot of people take baths, but he still takes like really childish baths where he's playing with his hair and singing along to. I don't need no man, <laughs> or I got no man. Is the song, <laughs> which is also a choice. I feel like he needs something, but whatever. <laughs> then later on, he when he's scared, he wants to go to bed with his mom. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and these are all, like, normal behaviors at a much younger age, I feel like. Yeah, I... But the actor is definitely 13 or 14. And I can't tell how old the character is supposed to be. I had that problem, too. That actually showed up, like, when he, when he said... If he wanted to, you know, sleep in his mom's room that night, it's like, is he... I thought he was supposed to be, like, 14, not, you know, like, 9, or however old he's... I can't... I couldn't tell how old he was supposed to be either. It was really... It threw me off. Well, either of them, really, because the big brother, like... Yeah. I assumed he was 20-something. Mm-hmm. But then there's a line later on where the mom's saying things are going to change when school starts again. Yeah, I guess he's... Which implies he's... Sixteen or something? Like, maybe sixteen, seventeen max, I would guess. because yeah, I feel like we stopped going to school, or high school ended when we were seventeen, and we stopped caring if anyone threatened us to show up at, like, fourteen, right? <laughs> Like, that's... <laughs> like, when was the last time I showed up to school and had something better to do? I think it was, like, 14 or 15. <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> like, our school was special. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, you didn't show up for, like, three months, right? That was the thing. If we were vampires, no one would have noticed in high school. (laughs) That's fair, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a good excuse for it. Yeah, I I did not. I was just like, yeah, it's Wednesday. (laughs) The week's shorter if you don't do Wednesdays. True. Very true. Uh, so... Yeah. Okay, so so he's he's taking a bath and and, uh, and Jim Morrison goes into the the fridge to get some milk but then he doubles over in pain and uh, he he spills his milk, which uh, that's inexcusable. Especially if he didn't clean it up. That's that's you, you gotta clean up the spilled milk. Yeah, that that stuff stinks yeah. quickly. That's not a it's uh, not a thing you can leave to just dry. It's not. It's not ice. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not gonna cry over it, but you definitely should clean it up if you spill your milk. 
Oh, I would definitely cry over it. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, he did spill all of the milk. It seems proportionate. That's fair. Um, and then he, he has, uh, he has a bit of a (laughs) (laughs) What? We're talking about... We're talking about milk here, man. This is important stuff. So, so he gets so this. Lois he, he gets this look at the sorry. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. So he gets this look in his eyes. And he starts going up to the bathroom where where Corey Haim is, and then Corey Haim's dog, uh, who we haven't mentioned up to this point. Yeah, it's uh, Nook, which. I think is a another holdover from the earlier Lost Boys as Peter Pan and Alice thing because uh, the dog in Peter Pan was named Anna. Oh, okay. And I think that was a reference. Probably. Uh, so, so Nanook starts kind of growling a little bit then Jim Morrison goes into the bathroom and or did he get in the bathroom or he was he was like stumping up the stairs looking all addicted and crazy the implication being he's definitely going to eat his little brother and Nanook, who's the best vampire hunter yes. in the movie, <laughs> by far, and that will be borne out later, <laughs> um, tackles him and bites him and knocks him down the stairs yeah. or something. Okay. And Corham gets out and he's all like, What? What happened? What happened? Why did what you do to my dog? I like how he immediately takes the dog aside because he almost has siblings too. <laughs> then I forget how, but he notices that Jim Morrison doesn't have a reflection or he has like a transparent back to the future. Yeah, reflection. he has like half of a reflection in the mirror. So, I think he deduces that Jim Morrison is now a half-vampire, because you can see about, you can sort of see through him, he's translucent, he's translucent or transparent, but he's not invisible. Transparent. Translucent means light. Okay. So, it's like curtains. Okay, so he's, he's 
sort of, he's like transparent, but not invisible in the mirror. Although all, all visualization is light, so that's yeah. a meaningless distinction. Okay. But it's an older than the science of life <laughs> phrase. Alright. So, so, he can see through Jim Morrison, but he's, he can still see him in the mirror. Yeah. So, uh, he calls calls the vampire hunters. Well, oh, first he has that line, my own brother a shit-sucking <laughs> vampire wait until mom finds right. out. He seemed really mad about this. And what I love is the next scene is kind of that whole like you don't you don't have siblings, but that's the thing. Like when your siblings have a thing on you, you're just like, don't tell mom. We fourth it out, don't mom. Except he's flying But it, for me, it begs the question: like, this is in a lot of movies. There's the "Would you want to be one of these vampires or not?" And I think in this one I would, because the whole flying thing looks pretty sweet. And you live forever and all that. Would you want to be a shit-sucking vampire? You live forever, but... How you live forever is you gotta suck people's shit out instead of their blood. Are you still down? Okay. Let's let's think about this. So we can we can fly. I have. I have Okay, <laughs> we can fly but it's not established how fast we can fly. But still, the power of flight yeah. is still pretty great on its own. Uh, if the power of flight combined with immortality the main Yeah. Like, I, I don't even need the strength or anything. Like, if I can float around forever, that's pretty good. I, I mean, I'd have to say, yeah, I think I would, and presumably, if anyone ever stakes you, just shit flies <laughs> everywhere, though, because when you stick a vampire, it's just blood <laughs> all over, spurting out like three times human volume. So the downside is if you ever get caught out in the sun or anyone ever stakes you, just so much poop. Just <laughs> all You know, over. if I had to 
Cause that's what did you I face. mean, if I had to die like that, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad, honestly. It's mostly the fact that you have to suck someone's shit every night or whatever. I mean... Yeah, I mean, if it's... If it, if it involves living forever, being able to fly, and the, the sort of hypnosis powers super strength, that sort of stuff, I'd be okay with it, I think. I'd probably get used to it after a while. It would, it would, it would take some time, but I think I'd be used, I'd get used to it after a while. Well, listen, um, Okay, so I'm marking you down as a guess. Listeners at home, <laughs> take an informal poll and this is going to be a test for feelings listing or not. Our Facebook page is mostly if you could just chime in on either our Facebook or our Twitter with either yes, I would suck shit to live forever or no, I would not want to suck shit forever I want to take a poll and also confuse everyone who has listened to this episode <laughs> For me, blood seems kind of weird. Just to, I mean, not like, it's kind of gross anyway, but it's not like the smell of enough of it will make me throw up gross, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Also, you don't, you don't have to pull someone's pants down and, like, (laughs) latch onto their butthole and get it. Just say, uh, it's just an undignified... I mean, I guess if you're flying, you're pulling them into the sky anyway. You're just holding them by it like an ankle yeah. or something, but still yeah. weird. Just... I mean, yeah, but... I don't know. I feel, I feel like the... I feel like the, the the positives outweigh the negatives. And it would, be, it would be so hard to trick people into into drinking the head vampire's poop <laughs> <laughs> out of a wine bottle. <laughs> I mean... 
Yeah. That's much more. I mean, if, I mean, if you have, like, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna go somewhere, but I just decided I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I spiraled a lot off the first ship. <laughs> no, it's okay. It just, it was, I was gonna go somewhere and I just decided it's probably best I don't. <laughs> no, it's fine. P- people are trying to sleep. Okay. I talk about like consistency of good, good. That, that's fine. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's just. Uh. Where were we? <laughs> so. Didn't Jim Morrison keep Axel floating off the ceiling and he can't seem oh, to yeah. control it? And it becomes immediately apparent why. Most of the vampire's flying shots are from the vampire point of view, because they really don't have the budget. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the one thing that kind of like I'm a, I'm a hundred percent cool with practical effects, but it definitely felt not cheap. But it definitely felt a little bit like a little low budget do, doing yeah, that the way uh, they did it. I mean, it's they're working yeah. on half, but it's not. No, I'm I'm not I'm not blaming them at all. It's totally fine. Just yeah. Like, it, it's a stylistic choice, I get it. And it's also a monetary choice. So this is when he, he calls the Frog Brothers. And they say he has to kill his brother. And he's like, I'm not gonna kill my brother. That's ridiculous overreaction. <laughs> Which, you know... Good family stuff. Like, I hope that if I showed up at your window and I'm like, Sam, I'm a vampire now. Which, by the way, a flying manatee vampire is great. (laughs) (laughs) Or instead of, like, tearing car roofs off and just land very heavily. <laughs> like squish victims and like slap them up and fly away. <laughs> just <laughs> Okay. Task number two for our viewers. Fan art of that. Manatee vampires. 
<laughs> crushing a dude at makeout point. <laughs> Send us what you got. I just I I know we have listeners and we have people who uh, and we have patrons. I don't know if we have any fans. The big fan art. But if we do, it's worth a shot. Um, we do have a Facebook page that's completely empty because I don't know how to social media. And I will fill it up with fan art if we get fan art. Um. Uh. Shit. <laughs> okay. Okay, um. So he's, he's flying out the... Right. I'm just saying, if I show up at your window and I'm a vampire, I, I feel like, or if you should have my window and you're a vampire, killing you right off the bat would not be the first thing on my list. and be like, okay, A, this is rad, B, <laughs> yeah, figure stuff out. So he's just a good little brother. The frog brother's kind of psychotic. So, okay, um, the, the, the scene where, where Jim Morrison is flying outside of the window, like, imploring uh, Corey Haim to, to let him in, that, did that seem familiar? Like, hasn't that scene been in other movies or TV shows? I feel like it's been deep uh, done before. Like, not before this, but... If you saw the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, that's direct rip-off number three. Okay. Is that Freddie Prince Jr., I think, is the main character of that one. His friend is floating outside his window trying to get in and can't because he keeps floating away. Okay. But I also feel like pretty much everything where someone suddenly learns how to fly and can't control it yet. They're, they're at risk of floating off like a balloon and trying to get windows instead and stuff. I it? guess so, but I, I meant more specifically like in a, in a sort of vampire sense sort of thing. Like like this sort of... I, I don't know, just it, the, it seemed more desperate than... Then that's then the sort of just someone learning to fly for the first time. I don't know. It just it seemed like it was a scene that's been that's been used multiple times, like 
not, not necessarily before this, but after this. I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like it's, it's been, it's been like repeated. Now I'm gonna, I know it wasn't in Twilight, it wasn't in Underworld, it wasn't in Dracula. Okay. It might have been in Salem's Lot. It wasn't Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hmm. I don't think it was in Fright Night, although I haven't seen that one for a while. It definitely wasn't an interview with a vampire. I don't know. That might be all the vampires I've seen. It wasn't let the right one in. I mean, like I said, I could be completely wrong on this. I just, it feels like I've seen this scene before. In, 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 was it in Nosferatu? I, I've seen it before. I, th I feel like I've seen it before in media that have come by after this movie. I don't know. I haven't seen, like, Kid Dracula or any of those cutesy ones about, like, a child hmm. vampire or anything. I don't know. I don't know. Just, it, it's, it seems familiar, know. is all. It might have been dark was there something like that in Dark Shadows? Uh, the Tim Burton I version? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh. I really need to. I really wow. need to. I really need to subscribe to, like, um. C Netflix and, uh, get, get some DVDs delivered. I really should watch more movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I just watch via streaming, but I watch new stuff when it's on. Like, that's the... The trick is actually watching movies available to you. Like, that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, that's the thing. But if, but if I have, but if I... Hold on, I'm not recommending Dark Shadows, like it was, it was alright. But if I have Netflix with DVD rentals, then many more things are available to me for watching. It's true, but it won't give you the time to watch them for something. I got, I got time sometimes. I don't know. I mean, if if movies that I if I can watch a, a hour and a half movie like like this every you know, couple a couple times a week, that's a lot more than I have been.
So, I don't know. Yeah, but it's supposed to just a matter of what to watch instead of yeah, whatever. that's true. Because there's a bunch of, like, YouTube channels that I used to watch during dinner, and now I watch movies instead, which is... It's not like it's better or worse or more constructive or anything. It's just... I like it more. Yeah. You know? That's fair. Because that's kind of what I'm doing, is just watching... Watch YouTube stuff... Um, after work and anyway um, let's see uh, so he calls and cancels his mom's oh story. yeah cause he's then when she does come home to save him he says it was nothing cause <laughs> yeah. he was <laughs> he was just I guess he was he Blended on his overactive imagination because of the vampire comics that the uh, the vampire hunters gave him. Yeah. Something like that. Which is not even good, like... Like, you don't have to make yourself look like an <laughs> asshole to not blame your brother for yeah, something. Yeah, because... Like, he could have just said it was a prowler who went away. He could have said there was an owl and he thought it was a dude. He could have said a number of things that aren't like, Oh, sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> don't trust me from now on. Yeah. And that's when he goes to bed with his mom because he's afraid. Which is the second time I was like, how old is this guy? Yeah. But that's fine. Jim Morrison, big bro, leaves for somewhere. And... 80s Max meets the the biker pyres for like a second in a sort of throwaway scene where he gets scared by like a kite. Oh, yeah. It's shaped like a bat and then you see the headlights and you think they're gonna kill him but then he's just around later and nothing happened which is weird doesn't need to be there missing <laughs> scene that I can't see the point of and I've watched it like three times but whatever then Jim Morrison goes to fuck yes. what's your name? I don't remember her name. Uh. Yes, it yeah. Star. I was gonna say, because I just wrote it down right now, and I saw it's like, it's, yeah. But yeah. But he's. He's asking. He wants to know what's happening to him, and she won't tell him that. She will sleep yeah. with him. 
I feel like it would be more constructive to tell what's going on. Yeah. You'd think that you'd think so. I I I got nothing to add to that. Just, yeah. She she should have just said what's going on. And they have this it's not awkward, it's just super <laughs> Sex scene where the song comes on again. <laughs> the song's main lyric is "Cry, little sister." <laughs> Mind. During the sort of slow motion fade in, fade out thing, and then just cuts to like generic flying through clouds. <laughs> camera thing which for all I know they actually fly through the clouds they've been flying but I think it's just some like some bullshit I don't know (laughs) it's weird could be and the next morning is when there's a pretty good scene with his mom where she thinks he's on drugs or something and shit. He doesn't talk to her anymore, etc., etc. Because he just keeps leaving, coming back, and leaving, coming back. So he's back in bed, I guess, after all this Yeah, happens. it seems like it. I, I did like the fact that his, his sunglasses were all tilted weird. When when he went into the when he went in to go talk to her, I I don't know. That was like the only detail that I remember from that scene. But his his sunglasses were all like weird and sideways. I thought that was funny. Yeah, but, but he, I, I get why. He's like every inch the. No, I I start. get why that happened, but. Still, it was just, it was funny to me. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just helps these, like, every inch, the kid who's been out too late drinking or something and hasn't figured out how to put himself together to get to Yeah, exactly. And this is the, like, his mom's just a really good actor, I think. Because this seems kind of real at the time, because she's, she's very, you know, she's soft-spoken and sweet, kind of one-dimensional, but definitely just wants to talk to her son. He's being shitty like teenagers are. She doesn't know what the stuff he's going through that he won't talk to her about is. Yeah. Her guesses aren't unreasonable or he's like, well, he's, there's a girl or he's on drugs or something. And that's when she mentions things will be different when school starts again. And I realize I don't know how old she <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> 
don't know how old any of these characters are or what they're about. Except yeah. Grandpa. Because Grandpa got lucky last night, apparently. Well, because he said something about... Because he, he sees Jim Morrison walk in and he says... He says something about... Something about getting lucky, too. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, uh, so Grandpa got it on with, with the, uh, with the widow, apparently. So, uh... Right. Good for him. Uh... <laughs> I didn't catch that part. <laughs> I just needed a point to write it down. Grandpa got lucky... Oh yeah. <laughs> so this is when the mom goes to Max's house to apologize and bring him wine. And then it's actually kind of alarming. Uh, the dog goes crazy and tries yeah. to kill her. Which is really just the dog is an effective guard dog. Cause she does, like, oh well if I leave it out here someone will take it. So I'm gonna go into his front yard. Which is fine. Like, I can s- it's just a little pick fence. I can see why you would think that was a big deal. But... He just has an affection for dog. He almost tears the yeah. leg off. It's a little terrifying, but effective. Yeah. Well, it was scary when it started going like through the yeah, fence. Yeah, I know that was that was a genuine reaction that I probably would have had had that happened to me also. Yeah, and it was, it was like, actually, yeah, scary, because everything up until now has been kind of cartoony and over-the-top scary, and this is just like, oh, shit, that dog might, like, really injure your tendons in your leg or something. Like, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. Little bros making plans with the Frog Brothers, because... He decides from reading the comics that Jim Morris is actually half vampire because he hasn't eaten anyone yet. And that that means if you kill the head vampire, he'll go back. So they need to figure out who the head vampire is. For some reason, they don't immediately assume it's Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland. They assume it's Max because his dog is an effective guard dog. And daylight guardians are one of the things that vampires have. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I missing Yeah, they, they, they gave a couple other reasons why why he might be 
but I forget what. Yeah, because it's only ever a video store yeah, night or something and, else uh, that they say, but... But, yeah. They, they, they immediately, they assume that it's going to be Max, so they, they kind of concoct a plan to, uh, to try and figure out, to try and figure out whether or not he is the head vampire. Yeah, which is, uh, I don't know if they introduced this into the mythos. I know it's been around for a while, but maybe since then. I know that the, one of the Simpsons Halloween specials did a take on it. Uh, where he had to kill the head vampire, and it was like Mr. Burns or yeah. or something. I don't remember. Oh yeah, because yeah, the the mislead was that it was Mr. Burns, but it was actually Marge. Spoiler alert for a twenty-five-year-old Simpsons Halloween special. Damn. Whenever it was. I remember it must have been Actually, that, I think that might have... That might have been where that scene from... The... The... The people... The vampires flying outside the window. I think that was from that same episode. Now that I think about it. Oh. Just from The Simpsons mocking the Lost uh, Boys. I think it was originally mocking Bram Stoker's Dracula, but it was also a pastiche of most other vampire movies, I think. Yeah. Except instead of, instead of, you know, helplessly floating outside the window, they just kind of break through the, the window in the house. That's how I think it's what how I don't know. It, anyway. Uh, Which also happens in this one later yeah. on. But, but so they've introduced the concept of the head vampire. I've heard of the head werewolf thing, where if someone has like canterbury in some movies, if you kill the head werewolf they'll go back yeah. or whatever. I introduced that concept, or I, I used that concept in my Night of the Wereshark <laughs> spec script. <laughs> no one's picked up on yet. Which I hope someone just drops the money in my lap to make at some point. <laughs> because I think it'd be very funny. Because <laughs> it's 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 half Jaws, right? But half American World in London, but half Christ. <laughs> and it's an excuse to show a lot of bikinis and Jaws-esque violence and also an excuse 
and they kind of fit together. They're not like completely separate, but they're definitely tonally disparate. Because this one, they're like, <laughs> what, they, they give him Parmesan cheese, but it's garlic, it's, it's, and yeah. And it doesn't work because he likes garlic. And they spill holy water in his lap. But I don't, I don't. And it was it actually mean, holy water? I thought it was just water that they threw in him. I thought it was holy water. Because why would they, they just throw water? Because they're dumb. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it might have been holy water, but there was no establishment. And there was, there was no establishing scene of them stealing the holy, holy water like there was later. But but. Hold up a mirror and they can see him yeah. or something. Yeah. And this is when I really noticed the shoulder pads <laughs> in a big way. <laughs> but basically, they ruined the date, and he's saying, like, oh, I, I see what's going on here. You think I'm trying to be your new dad. I'm not trying to replace anyone, blah, blah, and that whole thing. Which is kind of funny, yeah. actually. <laughs> but it's just, it's a very silly. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was kind of weird that they, they offered, when they offered him the, the garlic, that no one actually noticed that it was garlic, because garlic does have a smell to it, and you'd think that they would have noticed yeah. that it was garlic and not cheese to begin with, but... Yeah, you know. Whatever. Maybe, maybe the mom just has a bad sense of smell. Because she had to hold the garlic up to her nose to know it was garlic. Yeah, maybe it's dried garlic that smells a little no, they, they said they said it was God, raw garlic. God. Like he must have, like he must have grated it to be oh, okay. look, to look like Parmesan cheese, like that night or whatever. I th yeah, it should smell super. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell they were. T hey, whatever. It's it's the it's the little details like that that like. <sighs> It takes me out of the movie just a tiny bit, but I'm back in. I'm back in quickly afterwards, cause, cause we go back to the boardwalk. Yeah, this is when Jim Morrison goes to see yeah. Star, 
gets dragged out to murder instead, which I think has happened to all of us at least once. We've all been there. I mean... I mean, uh... So I'm thinking back in my life. Well, the last, the last murder I took you to, you didn't notice because the vision oh. Which I meant to apologize for. Because you are an accessory. But, uh... But it's fine. It's been like... It's been a couple weeks. I mean, I would appreciate it if you would tell me these kinds of things before the podcast. (laughs) And we're recorded. You know? No, it's cool. It's been like... It's been like... Weeks. I think the statute of limitations is up. I mean, I'll have to go look it up, but I'll take your word for it for now. No, there's. Listen, it's chill. It's chill. Okay. Everybody. Don't nobody say nothing. <laughs> That's. Nothing, she. watching these guys on the beach 
and it looks really cool and tell her it's a wide shot. This is not a big tree. <laughs> They're all like four and a half feet off the ground. They're all in this one <laughs> like sapling. They just wanted to climb. It's not at all strategic. <laughs> They're super obvious, and I don't know if they meant to be funny, but it's very funny. Because, like, the absolute highest one is maybe 11 feet off the ground. Everyone else's chest looks like a jackass. They're just hanging out in a bush. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if this is supposed to be funny, but I cracked up and I can't stop cracking up every time it's good. <laughs> Which is inappropriate because it's about to get the gory scene in the entire movie. Because what happens next? So, um, we, I think this is the first time we actually get to see the, the actual vampire faces, right? It's this scene. Yeah. Which, again, the entire Buffy series owes its whole... Yeah, I forgot, I I did, that was the one thing that, that reminded me of Buffy. Because, again, a lot of the other things didn't, but that's because I wasn't paying that close attention. But yeah, the the faces looked almost exactly like the vampire faces from the Buffy series. And it was it was a little bit creepy the first like legitimately creepy the first few seconds I saw it just and then I kinda got used to it because they're just still kinda talking and laughing like like boys do and then they go and murder all the surf Nazis <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah they, they do it in really so the look is that same sort of exaggerated brow vaguely look more like a lion than any other animal mm-hmm. I can think of but they have those, those bad, like, 80s contacts. Yeah. Where their eyes look all yellow and red, but I think they're actually, like, glass contacts or something. So their eyes, they look a little cockeyed all the time, because they're not quite uh, lining up the way they should. But it's, it's legitimately kind yeah. of spooky. And apparently, they originally fired the first makeup guy because 
they look too scary and not sexy enough. I need to stay good looking, these vampires. Uh, so this piece of trivia I got is that they, they had to get just the right look combination of recognizable and attractive, but bestial and weird. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not sure they thread that needle. Yeah. But they were clearly trying. Yeah. But then the way they killed these guys is kind of hilarious because they're not... They don't do the, like, bite their necks and suck their blood thing. Like, one guy gets scalped. One guy, he's just the bald guy. He just sort of, like, bites into, like, an apple, like, bites into his head and it just does that sort of quick cut red light everyone's getting tore apart <laughs> but it seems like I don't even know if these vampires drink blood or if they just full on eat people cause they're kind of just like shredding <laughs> everyone and it's also implied just from the really high um, missing persons rate and murder rate and the, like they've had scenes earlier where there's a bunch of missing person have you seen me signs yeah. on everything that like they they eat the whole bodies or I something I guess so right? yeah it's it's something. I mean, you think if they could fly, they could dump them out at sea, but they don't ever show them doing that, so it seems like they just gobble them up. I mean, they could, we might just not see it, but it's, I, I don't know. It could just, yeah. But I feel like the movie would have mentioned that just because it loves being clever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Possibly. I don't know. But yeah, it was, it was pretty gruesome. <laughs> then Jim Morrison's all like, I don't want to eat people. And Daryl Santoff doing like, eat people with this <laughs> Michael. And it's... I'm making fun, but it's actually a pretty good scene, that part. Because they're just... They're all standing, and there's their back lit by the fire, and it looks super cool. And Michael's all crying on the ground, being weird. <laughs> yeah, it's solid. And let's see... Uh, what happens at this point? Because my next, the next note I have is, uh, why did those kids steal Grandpa's car, you bunch of scallywags? Okay, so, <laughs> so the very next thing that happens is, is Star shows up to ask for Jim Morrison's help. 
for her and Laddie. I forgot to mention Laddie at any point. Laddie is this kid they have with them who's wearing like this Civil War jacket. So I thought he was like the leader or the oldest vampire and that was gonna be mislead, but turns out no. He just went missing like a couple weeks ago at the same time as Star. He's a half vampire like everyone else. I, I, I don't need Laddie <laughs> in this movie. I feel like he's another holdover for one of the supposed to be really young kids. And he's kind of just there and I always forget he exists until he's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's the one that stars sort of babysitting and helping a lot. Yeah, it seems like. And it's for his sake that she asks for Jim Morrison's help to kill these vampires because can't just be her, or it can't just be the two of them or something, I'm not sure. Well, because there's still four of the Lost Boys compared with uh, Star and Jim Morrison and, and Laddie, so it's like four full vampires versus two and a half half vampires so like yeah and then one lead vampire vampire lord yeah, yeah. whatever that they have to find it seems like it should be Kiefer Sutherland mm -hmm. yeah and then they steal the card yeah, so they, they steal they steal grandpa's car to go off to to the, the their hideout. It, it's it's yeah, yeah it's hideout. like it's like afternoon and they figure this is the best time to try and take out as many of them as possible. So, you know, they, the... Yeah, they're being, like, humorously unstealthy. <laughs> like, they drive up, and they're kind of, like, yelling at each other in the cave. And yes. <laughs> it's... They're very bad at it. But apparently the, I guess the, the vampires don't notice because they're still asleep uh, in their cave, which actually I thought was kind of cool if they're hanging upside down like, uh, like bats. Yeah. Because they were looking for coffins and they can't find them because everyone's hanging sealed yeah. on their feet. And they 
I like how the vampires apparently spell really bad. Because they were saying, like, there's so many flies down here. Like, yeah, vampires and flies go together to, like, it's, I think he said, or yeah. Something. But they mentioned also they were looking for signs that Jim Morris was turning into vampire, like, is he really pale? Is he aggressive? Does his breath smell terrible? So I like the vampires stink because they also stank in Dracula and I feel like that part got forgotten. But no, they smell like death. They're horrible. They're all hanging from the ceiling and this is the first time I realized just how bad it's not Edgar Edgar and Alan. You're talking about the the frog brothers? No, no, the guy who plays Alex Winter. Uh, The guy who plays Bill from Bill and Ted, who's one of the vampires. This first time I realized how bad his wig is. (laughs) Because before they just looked like some weird 80s mullet thing. But it is in this scene you can tell it's very clearly just a weird extension <laughs> back of the neck. It's just sort of hanging off It is not the point of this scene, but I noticed. <laughs> so, uh, so they're all hanging from the ceiling. Uh, you go ahead. So, okay, so, um, I, I, we forgot to mention the Frog Brothers' names are Edgar and Alan, which I thought was kind of funny. That is yeah. a good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, I guess they decide, they're, they're trying to decide which one of them to stake. Because they they have they still haven't figured out which one of them is the head vampire. So I guess they just choose one of did they choose one at random? Or do they just decide they're gonna go for one and then the other and then the other? Yeah, we actually we didn't mention how many lost boys there are besides Kiefer at any point, I think. Because there's, there's Kiefer Sutherland, who's clearly the lead vampire. He's the one with the trench coat and the one who has most of the speed lines. And then I don't even know... I know Marco's name. He's the one who's played by Bill and Ted. I think there are only two others. Right? Yeah, there, there's one with brown hair and one with blonde hair. I think the one with brown hair doesn't wear a shirt and the one with blonde hair looks more glamrock. But they all have this like pretty distinct 
weird 80s look. <laughs> yeah. To them. I think the, the Marco one has like, what, a military jacket on? These sort of like, like parachute pants or something? I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember either. And like scars tied on He's got the most rock star look. So they decide to stake him, right? It was Marco they staked. Yeah, the, the, the little yeah. one first they said. He is the shortest. Yeah, so they decide to stake him, and they do, and he wakes up and screams. Uh, pretty horrifying yeah. noise. <laughs> and this was, uh, yeah, it's not even, like, blood. It's this weird goo they used. Yeah, and, uh, this was the point where I think everyone realized, yeah, the, the Frog Brothers are all talk, because they immediately freak the fuck out. Well, because they're also all the vampires. Yeah, exactly. Right. The other ones right. wake up. They killed one, he screams, and it turns out, like, no, they're not comatose. They're yeah. asleep. So, they're just heavy sleepers, apparently. They missed all the, the yelling earlier. But yeah, so they, they, they freak out. Uh, the other vampires wake up, and, um, I guess there's sort of a chase ensues, and I don't know exactly what happens, but there comes a point where Kiefer Sutherland, he's trying to reach out and grab somebody but he gets his hands, he gets, um, like, sunlight hits his hand, and he has to... Well, he... He does okay. grab them, he just can't hold them. Right, because they, they pull, they pull him the vampires are suddenly much weaker. Well, they pull him into the sunlight, because sure. they're... We've never seen them in the sun, right? Or you mean just because he's not strong enough yeah. to just pull them, pull them towards him, I guess, is what you mean. Yeah, because he's suddenly not strong enough to just pull oh, the legs yeah. off, but these guys have been taking charge of and stuff. So it's a, uh... I mean, whatever, but... Uh, there, there's, he's suddenly not as much of a threat as he was. And that sort of persists throughout the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. Pretty manageable. But, you know, whatever. So, yeah. So they escape. 
flee from Keith or Sutherland, who's suddenly less strong. He's crying because they burned his hand. Apparently the tears were real because the contacts were so <laughs> irritating. Which is depressing. Mm. <laughs> uh, what? So they they get back, throw a bunch of eighties lingo at each other. Like pedal to the metal does not mean warp speed. Like what the fuck? Because they're they're about to drive off a cliff, right? Yeah, but just... But yeah, yeah, I, that, I know what you mean. You yeah. hit stuff. And so they they go, they're heading back, because I guess they're, they're going to prepare for war with, um, with, with the remaining Lost Boys. They're, like, making their final stand. And, of course, as soon as as they get back, uh, Grandpa, you know, dresses down Michael for not, uh, sorry, Jim Morrison, for not filling up the car with gas after leaving, which I thought was important. Yeah. Which, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. just polite. Let's see. Let's see, dude, they're, they're sort of... The, the little bro calls the mom for help. Yeah. Like, it's like, of course she doesn't believe him anymore, but also why are you trying to bring your mom Yeah, in? no, he's he's actually, they're at the video store, I think. He actually goes to the video oh, store yeah, yeah. to try and explain what's going on, and she's just like, I'm not taking any of this anymore. Like, I'm at work, what are you doing? You're disrupting, you're disrupting yeah. life, or disrupting work. This is not helpful for me. Why are you all such <laughs> shitty children all the time? Yeah. And while he's doing that, yeah. Well, and he already said it was his imagination last yeah. time, so of course she's not going to She's been <laughs> Exactly. And then, so, the Frog Brothers go and, uh, they steal holy water from a church. <laughs> which was great. Because they had, what, they busted in the middle of a <laughs> wedding or something, just yeah. sort of like... Try to quietly get it out of the way yeah. in the back, but everyone's <laughs> watching And, uh, it yeah. Seems and, uh, then I don't remember most of the other montage for them preparing for 
the for the, the the final battle. They're sort of doing this whole home alone like straw dog feeds stuff till dawn. Yeah, but like or just setting up like a bathtub full of garlic and holy water. Yeah, like the the one scene I remember is watching one of them uh, taking whole bulbs of garlic and just smashing them with a mallet and then just moving them off. That's like the only thing I remember from that entire scene. Uh, I remember they fill squirt guns with holy water yeah. or something. It seems to be mostly holy water based yeah. strategy. Like they don't sharpen a bunch of steaks or spray rice around or whatever. The various supposed to stop vampires yeah. and stuff is. But it's fine. Next note is Aug grows vampire <laughs> feet. Because when the Lost Boys wake up, it's revealed that the reason they can hang from the ceiling is because in the process of becoming a vampire, their feet are physically transformed to be unwalkable, toe in the middle of the bottom of the, like, sole of the foot, weird bat feet that couldn't possibly fit in a shoe and you'd be walking on your thumb knuckle every time you took a step. That I think they didn't quite yeah, get through. Because they do walk around a few times earlier on. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it, it's a weird thing to mm-hmm. specify. That you have a shot specifically dedicated <laughs> to it. And then at this point, I realized because this is like the third or fourth time that, that that whole scene where the camera is panning over the water and then you get to the you see the boardwalk. I finally get it. That's yeah. That's like that's the vampires flying over water, right? Or is that just or is that just a stylistic choice? I, I think it's vampires floating out of the water although they also do because they do the, the fly in low and go into the cave entrance a couple yeah. times when they're getting back that's to true. their lair. But then this one, they also do that shot in reverse. So they're flying backwards <laughs> out of the 
And then they definitely also have some of those shots during the daytime that are just to establish the scene. Like when the family first gets into the town and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems to change its mind a lot on what that's portraying. Yeah, that's fair. But maybe... I don't know. It's, it, feel, it felt like that at least for that one scene. But I don't know. So... No, I think you're right. Because they... Because then it just shows directly the vampire's perspective when the boys are running from them because they left Nook outside, which they shouldn't have because Nook is the best vampire hunter among them. I know, that's, that was my next note, was when they were flying over and you could see Nanook outside, and I was like, don't kill a puppy! That was my, that was my mindset. Well, also, you desperately Yeah, absolutely. Puppy. He's, he's the only accomplished vampire oh, yeah. among you. And, and it also shows that they actually can't fly that fast because they're, however fast they fly isn't fast enough to catch someone who's running and stumbling <laughs> running away from them. So it's, uh... They just... Yeah. Can't. Yeah. So I get why they have yeah. motorcycles. But meanwhile, their mom is hanging out with Max. It was at his place, right? I think that was where they decided. Or was that somewhere else? Was this one of his? Ah, it doesn't matter. I think this was. This was the one at his place, I think. Because they've tried everywhere else and nothing works. So I think they figured they're gonna try to meet up at his place and that was, that was what they were gonna do. Yeah, because they make a point of how the dog is much friendlier He's yeah, yeah, and it's also nighttime. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, at at the the sweet taxidermy house after they've sent the grandpa away, the vampires bust in without being yeah. Which. I guess establishes the weird rules for every damn vampire movie has slightly different rules. That's like, I guess half the fun is to go, like, okay, what does this version have to do? I don't know. So, 
these ones can pass in. Well, I think, cause I think it's just, it's established later what goes on with why they can enter, I think. But we'll, I'll, we'll get to that theory later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Vampires bust in, Corey Feldman goes crazy and tries to kill Star instead. <laughs> uh, Nanook kills the blonde one after the Frog Brothers prove it yep. to get. That was actually pretty awesome because Nanook just actually knocks. The, he knocks the vampire into the bathtub of holy water and garlic and just keeps him on in there until he just melts. Which is pretty gruesome. He melts and then he explodes. Yeah, that was... That was a lot of gore that just kind of exploded out of every drain in the house for minutes at a time. Shower and like for minutes afterwards. Cause you like he's pressurized somehow and goes down the drain. I don't know why they unplugged the tub unplugged. Maybe unplugged. Yeah. Why they pulled the plug on the tub was <laughs> in there in the first place. Because apparently vampires in water like Mentos and Coke. <laughs> and it's just sort of... It's kind of cool because you got like the, the skeleton shot of the fanged skull like screaming out of the water and it's, it's very gory. I mean, it's very cartoon gory. Yeah, it's not very. Nothing about no, this no. is believable. But, but still, it's like. It's, it's still a lot of gore that's just kind of flying everywhere splattering all over the house and all I could think of when I saw that was Grandpa's not going to be happy when he has to clean up this mess. <laughs> oh no, it's it's all good. It's all good. Uh, and then, uh, so... And then suddenly Corey Haim is good at Yeah, because there's the, um, this was the the, the dark-haired vampire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's... Let's see, what were their names? I feel like I should know that. I don't know. But... Uh, one of them was Paul? One was... Wayne, the dark ones, okay. Dwayne. So we got Dwayne, Paul, Marco, and uh, David? 
David. He's a kind of forgettable man, so I can see why they didn't get mentioned that often. Well, someone was Greg. Was Greg a vampire? Or was he just... I don't know. It doesn't matter. So, so Corey Haim shoots him with 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 a crossbow. Was it a crossbow? This is a bow. bow. So he shoots him once, and the guy's like, "Uh, you know, what did he say? Like you missed or something?" But then he actually hits him in the heart. He's like, it's like you missed and he yeah. only once. <laughs> like, like he's been established that they don't sure whatsoever. He shoots him in the heart and then he flies backwards into a stereo and gets electrocuted and blows up. Yeah, it, uh... <laughs> yeah. And then he, he says line death by stereo, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but also you than our purpose <laughs> <that long. laughs> yeah and for some reason like this is after Jim Morrison gets his ass knocked out for some reason little bro's okay even though Jim Morrison should be tough for everyone because he's half he thinks so yeah upstairs Kids all meet up again, get attacked by the little guy he keeps forgetting <laughs> about. The laddie. While Jim Morrison and Kiefer fight downstairs. Again, maybe best we didn't see the flying <laughs> so much. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they they did try to keep they did try to keep the camera as close to their faces as possible to try and you know make it seem a bit more dramatic and to make it seem a little bit less cheesy, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not jarring no. terrible, but it's it it is better left yeah. unseen. No, definitely. I think yeah. at this point. But it was it was a surprisingly short battle because Kiefer just kind of shoves Jim Morrison into a wall and he kind of taunts him and then Jim Morrison somehow wills up the strength to push 
Kiefer all the way to the other wall and impales him with something. What the hell was that? Antlers from Grandma's Okay, that's what that was. Yeah. Which, like, I'm fine with the... I'm fine that the steak wasn't wood. Like, bone is basically yeah. wood. That's mm-hmm. fine. On a weird, like, symbolic, spiritual, whatever. They're both living things. Mm-hmm. Rather than steel or something. The two antlers also completely miss the heart. And I can tell that. It's like one's on the upper left, one's on the lower right. No, one's on the upper right, one's on the lower left of where the heart would be. And Kiefer's the only one that doesn't melt or explode or something. He just sort of has this... <laughs> the song comes in again for five seconds and he gets hypersaturated and then someone shapes him because somehow his stumble disappears <laughs> but he doesn't die or melt away or something and apparently this is because they want to leave his death ambiguous because there's a sequel called The Lost Girls where Kiefer Sutherland was going to be the head vampire who makes his own little brood now that he's in charge. And of course his is all women. Well yeah. But they never made that. Let's see. Anyway, but I I thought I had noticed a plot hole not a plot hole, but a a clumsy bit of shooting where I would that even kill him? But then nothing to that purpose. It just never interests anything. Hmm. Okay. So let's see. So at this point, uh mom arrives home and I think with Max Max. and while while mom goes to tend to Corey Haim Max just kind of disappears seemingly and then finds Kiefer Sutherland yeah Oh, right, and the, the Jim Morrison star complained that even though yeah, they killed Kiefer they're so not feeling they're not different. They still feel Back. like vampires. Yeah. And then... Yeah. And then we get the reveal. You know, the... Yeah, it turns out yeah. it was Max the whole time, even though yeah, it went to whatever the whole, to it. 
I guess the whole thing that he meant he explained was when he was invited into their home, they became powerless to affect him, which I guess that's why the garlic didn't yeah. affect him, why the holy water didn't affect him, why he they could see his his um, reflection in the mirror, which I guess that sort of explains why the rest of the, the, the Lost Boys could actually enter because yeah because they weren't necessarily the people weren't powerless to help to against them because they were they just could go in but they could still be killed I guess that was what their their reasoning was which means if you're a vampire in this world, if you can get one of your living friends to invite you into a place, yeah, you're invincible. And also, can can do your hair, have to take pictures of yourself, because yeah. suddenly you're visible again. So that's what you gotta do if you have, like, for example, <laughs> a pronged mullet needs constant doing is they must have a friend who has a bunch of mirrors. But yeah, come in. Yeah. Or, or they just yeah, or they do each other. That's an option. <laughs> Looks pretty broad to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Max gives this big dramatic speech about how he wanted the mom to be the the mother to his brood of lost boys. Which, again, was a little weird, considering that I would think that even even giving the a generous amount of time skips, they've probably only known each other for a few weeks, maximum. Yeah, and also it doesn't line up because the Jim Morrison brother was into yeah. the bait girl star at the same yeah. night that they met in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, whatever. But this one... This part seemed tagged on to me, the, uh, the twist ending where mm. like, it was Max, he was the dude. 
and he was secretly behind everything, and they were secretly yeah. after Lucy and not Michael, and blah. And he was converting them so that she would have to join them because their whole family would already be in his family, etc., etc. Fine, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could also be because, like you said, they, maybe they, their original plans were to have, uh, Kiefer Sutherland be the actual head vampire, but when they had the idea for the sequel in mind, they decided to sort of make it a swerve and turn Max into the actual vampire. I don't know. It's just, I don't know, maybe a possibility, but... Anyway, as as he's making the dramatic speech and as he's trying to draw the mom in towards to convert her, we hear uh, we hear La Cucaracha playing, and with uh, <laughs> just the horn on Grandpa's other car, yeah, he's got the classic and car, the speed truck, drives through his own wall with a fence post. Attached to the car, yeah, a like 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 a, like a whole bunch of them. Like, like he could have yeah. impaled his whole and family. He just he runs through Max. Yeah, runs yeah. him over slash through. And into the yeah. fireplace where he explodes. Because <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and, uh... see, what was the last line? What was Grandpa's last line? Oh, yeah, he grabs a root beer. Gets a root beer and says... The one thing he can't stomach about living in Santa Carla is all the damn vampires. Except, he just took care of them. <laughs> that. Well, he took well, care he took of the head vampire, right? A head vampire of that the head of those yeah it's four but yeah all the all the half vampires are back to you uh, back to normal and I guess everyone lives happily ever after <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the last line of the movie and sort of just fades to black because the family's shocked that he knew all this stuff and didn't tell them. <laughs> or whatever. And then it cuts back to that weird <laughs> knock at the doors cover people are strange. Yeah. 
and that's <laughs> so that that's the loss, boys. I had a couple things I want to talk about, but we got okay. to like two thirds of them. I thought that after they established that Max wasn't the head vampire, it was going to be Grandpa. Yeah, I could. Hmm. God. Because. A lot of the stuff he does makes no sense without setting something up like that. And I thought it would have been a better twist, cause like, the first time you meet him, he's dead outside in the sunlight. As if he can't move and he has to be revived by his daughter or whatever. has that that suspicious shelf in the fridge you're not allowed to touch filled with his root beer yeah. that no one else is allowed to drink <laughs> which could have been I actually did think at the very end after he killed after he killed Max that he was when he opened a root beer and drank it, it would he would have revealed that to be blood and it was like, oh no, he's the head vampire. That's actually what that was what I was thinking at the very end, but it was like, now he's Yeah, and that yeah. that would have made more sense to me. Like also why he doesn't want to go into town because he only goes into town to hunt slash get laid by widows as the uh and he does the creepy taxidermy thing there's he keeps mentioning this widow who's conveniently <laughs> single now or could have eaten the husband he has this and just everything he did would have made more sense if it was yeah. leading towards something like that. And I'm not saying it was like a mislead, but they set that up, I think, better yeah. than they wound up setting Max up. Because when you watch her a second time, there's a couple things with Max, like the Lost Boys leave his store he tells them to. The obvious things, like it, it is true, only humanite is true, only has the he has the dog and stuff, but. They did establish he wasn't one according to their own lore, which turns out it's a little different, where garlic doesn't work on them, they can fly, inviting them in means all of the weaknesses that are otherwise tells don't work on them, but nothing else really. And that's it. Like, it's, it's... 
the twist is that they were lying about their own rules, which works, yeah. but feels cheap, you know? I mean, unless unless their rules were, were like I mentioned earlier, where if if someone is invited in, then the rules no longer apply, or that the rules are that the rules are a little bit different well, than they usually and, are, as far as yeah. And it is how they explain it away, but I'm just saying, like, that's a, that's a thing you only hear about at yeah. the time the twist is revealed, yeah. which is just another rule they made up. So it's just, it, it doesn't feel Chekhov's I, I done enough. Yeah, uh, I get what you mean. To feel earned for me, you know what I mean? And <laughs> just Grandpa seems like a more or less pointless character otherwise. <laughs> like, okay, so he's just a weirdo. That's fine. <laughs> but, yeah. So there's that. I did think that Grandpa was a vampire. So, so would he, would he, would you have called him, if he was a vampire, would you have called him the, the Grampire? Huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. The silence was you just like <sighs> okay. no, I, was, I was carefully considering my I'm answer. okay with that. Eighties <laughs> horror comedy. This seems like much more of a comedy than a horror comedy now that I've seen it. Like, I guess it was rated R when it came out, but I... Other than that one scene where they're eating people on the beach, I cannot Probably see the language. Like the... Like the... The use of shit and asshole that they say a few times. Like, that goes past... 13 rating, I think. But that's, it's like, it's that and it's the gore from those couple of scenes. So it does feel a little, it doesn't, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't feel like an R rated movie nowadays. But 30 years ago, I could, I could kind of get it. And I guess it's a little darker yeah. than, like, Ghostbusters, which is the other yeah. 80s horror comedy that I love. But mm -hmm. not much, you know. I don't know. 
know, so so that was a question for us right now. The Ghostbusters is on Netflix now. The first one. Ooh, have you seen it? I have not seen it in like twenty years. Like most movies. And I kinda want to. I think I've seen it relatively I I saw it uh pretty recently because when the the new Ghostbusters came out, the one with um Oh god, what's her name? Uh which one? Cause there was it was like Kate McKinnon the f- the ladies from Saturday Night Live. The f- the funny one. Uh, uh No. <laughs> Kristen Wiig? No. Leslie Jones? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was one of the SNL people. Because I like Leslie Jones. And I didn't oh, yeah, see that she's one. awesome. <laughs> not very good, but I wanted to watch the first Ghostbusters after I saw it to try to figure out, like, am I just, am I too old for it now? Is the first (laughs) one actually any better? And it turns out the first one was better, and we can talk about that. But, uh, yeah, I saw that one like a year ago. But I would watch it again if you want to do it for this podcast. Or if not, you should just watch it anyway. Oh, you know, I was was going to watch it regardless of whether or not it would be for the podcast. Because I just noticed it. I was just looking on Netflix today uh, when I was... I was uh, searching for the Lost Boys, and I saw a bunch of new releases or no new editions, and the Ghost and Ghost was one of them. I thought, oh, "Cool, I should go watch that." It is it's good been one. forever. Okay, vampire threat level changing I think we talked about that a little bit but they yeah they go down pretty easily at the end for the guys that were tearing doors off of cars and stuff earlier yeah it just seemed like they were kind of just more antagonistic and just sort of taunting people than actually trying to kill them yeah, and also just much weaker. Like, they, they yeah. threw some people around and, like, hit them and stuff. But with a very reduced level of force than what is required to tear the roof off a car or a door out or whatever. Mm-hmm. It seems like the, the same fingers that can tear the door off a car should be able to kill a 13 year old by hitting him. (laughs) Yeah. 
Do you think this movie is about drugs, coming out, divorce, or started to be about those and then stopped? Because I kind of got, there was a, like, David was a, like a sort of a, a gay temptation for Michael, and he, he winds up turning away from it, and then like a, uh, you know, Republican who's secretly gay gets all angry and tries to punish them for making him feel these things. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, uh, but also seemed like he could be a lot of sort of drug addiction or just the difficulties with divorce and trying to connect with your kids. But that they abandoned all those analogies like halfway through. Yeah. It, it really felt like... <laughs> it definitely felt like they were not necessarily trying to make a particularly serious movie, but it definitely felt like they were trying to touch on a bunch of topics that they dropped in favor of, uh, of, of, you know, a vampire movie. Yeah, they kind of gave up the ghost of at some point. We're like, actually, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't working, so never mind that. That wasn't yeah. working, so never mind that. <laughs> okay, so but it wasn't just me. Yeah. Uh, were there any others you got out of it? Because I only got the uh, drugs coming out divorce. Was there another one I missed? I mean, I I don't I don't think so. But then again, I I really I do feel like I missed a lot watching it this time just because again I was I was sort of I was like three quarters paying attention to it but also writing notes for this because I do have more show notes than I do for most other movies just because I only had time to watch it once so, I think if I watched it again, I might notice more. But, uh, I think, I think we covered a lot of ground for it, as far as the, the different sort of themes that, that ran through, you know, 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it makes some sense. I um I maintain that 
David was a pretty swell guy, actually. Almost right up until the end. Oh, yeah. He doesn't actually become antagonistic until someone murders his friend. <laughs> also, you have no idea how long they were friends for. My murder's friend of like a hundred years or something. Yeah. And up until that moment, he's still trying to give Michael a chance. <laughs> Even after that. <laughs> so, the, the Lost Girls never got made. Which is too bad, because that sounds like a good premise. There have been two real sequels, though. Uh, both of them were direct-to-video. Oh. And made... <laughs> Like 20 years after the movie. Oh. So there's Lost Boy the Tribe in 2008 and Lost Boys the Thirst in 2010. Huh. Corey Feldman is in all three. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Huh. Uh, who's like 40 in these other movies, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jason, er, Jameson Newlander, who's the other frog brother who doesn't talk as much, mm -hmm. is in one and three. Huh. But not the second one. And Corey Haim is in one and two. Hmm. Apparently the rest of the cast didn't come back, but Kiefer Sutherland's half-brother, was it Angus Sutherland or something? I'll take your word for it. Is in one of the sequels. I forget which one. Huh. And then, of course, his father, Donald Sutherland, was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie. So that entire uh, family's been vampires at some point. Hmm. Actually, probably not the entire family. There's a lot of other Sutherlands. <laughs> <laughs> The important ones. Yeah. The, well, the important <laughs> ones are the two that I know about, so there's probably yeah. more. But yeah, probably. That was unnecessarily cheap. I'm sorry to this Sutherland family. Because <laughs> I'm sure you listen to this. And take uh, our opinions into uh, to heart. Oh no, I mean, I mean, Kiefer's a fan. I don't know about Donald. Hmm. But uh, no, I, I, I do know that Kiefer listens. So I'm okay. 
of that. Yeah. Hi, Kiefer. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> so, that I, I haven't seen the tribe or the thirst. I'm not sure I want to because A, any sequel that's made 20 years after the original, I'm not saying they're all bad, but most of them are bad. I'm thinking, you know, your Indiana Joneses or your, uh, Prometheus is the Hobbits is I guess those <laughs> But it seems like a bad sign when the logical window to produce a sequel has gone by four times and then you make one. <laughs> Yeah, and Street to Video is not Hill Battle 2, so between those two, I assume they're not very good. Uh, I haven't heard anything to the contrary of that, but I'm also pretty curious, and I might see it in <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, so, that's the Lost Boys. Yeah. Did this change your life? <laughs> uh, it is the single most 80s movie I think I've made you watch. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that. As far as, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, again, I feel like, I feel like I kind of missed the boat on this movie originally. Like, if I had seen it when I was, 12 or 15 it might have made more of an impact on me kind of the same way the Goonies was because I didn't see the Goonies until I was like 25 and it would just seem like a, just sort of a typical 80's adventure movie instead of the movie that every kid loved back in the, the late 80s, early 90s, and grew up to love it as a movie and will never hate the movie. I feel like I kind of missed the boat on that, too. But this one, it's like, it's, it's not a... Okay. It's, it's a... In some cases, it is a bad movie, but it's also not a bad movie. 
Like, there are parts of it that are great, but I don't know if I'd consider it, like, life-changing. Yeah, no, I, uh, that was mostly a joke, but I know. I feel, uh, <laughs> it is a, a, a very, I think a very culturally significant one, just at least in uh, regards to nerdy vampire movies and shows. I think the influence on Buffy the Vampire Slayer is super obvious because <laughs> it's basically fan fiction of this movie and then gets some identity as the show progresses. Yeah. The interview with the vampire film kind of I don't know about that one, but it seems to watch this. Hmm. I feel like I'd have to see that one again to kind of get the uh, the influence that that Lost Boys had on it. Cause I, I guess I haven't. I just haven't seen well. I mean, it's established. I haven't, I don't watch that many movies, but I especially don't think I've seen that many vampire movies. Like, I've seen, now I've seen The Lost Boys. I saw the interview with a vampire. I'm pretty sure I saw Queen of the Damned at some point. And I know I saw Dracula 2000 and the first two Blade movies. And I think that's about it as far as vampire movies go. Now, while Lost Boys is the, uh single most 80s movie I've made you see Queen of the Damned might be the single most 90s movie I've ever seen <laughs> it did come out in 2002 but that doesn't matter <laughs> it is archetypally distilled 80s or distilled 90s in that one yeah I think we should do that one at some point too just cause we keep making what favorite movies anyway I'm cool with that that's also on Netflix sweet <laughs> okay so fun errors there's two off IMDb and one that I caught. When Michael's in his room, he begins to float. The harness is visible in the shot. <laughs> I did not notice that myself. I did not either. 
Uh, when Michael's closing the window of the kitchen preparing for vampire attack, you can see a crew person reflected in the cabinet glass. Hmm. I didn't catch that one. I did catch in the very beginning when the vampires go to the video store, you can see their reflections in mirrors they have in the video store. <laughs> well, maybe that was because they were invited in by Max. But they weren't. But specifically kicks them out. <laughs> but using the movie stupid moon logic, he could have been faking it and like he had previously invited them in, which would have allowed them to sh I don't know, I'm just I, I'm trying to use the movie stupid bullshit logic. <laughs> to make sense of that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Just playing devil's advocate. Don't mind me. That's no, good, it's good. Because the... They're playing Calvin Ball with the rules of vampires in this one anyway, <laughs> so they might as well. Like. So the vampires in this movie. Aside from their weird tree of head vampire and cutting the roots kills all the vampires under de-transforms or whatever and aside from the shenanigans they pull with inviting people in I think might be my favorite movie vampires for a significant amount of time at least yeah I could see like, that like I like the spookiness I like the flying thing they seem to really get what ought to make them creepy pretty well yeah which I think they do better than for example Queen of the Damned Vampire, or Interview with Vampire, and definitely Twilight and stuff. <laughs> I keep forgetting we've seen Twilight <laughs> and reviewed yeah. it for the podcast. I've, I've seen all of that. them at this point. Oh, God. I mean, I bought. That's probably I keep buying box sets because then it's like two fifty per movie. <laughs> so then I keep having to watch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's more talk about this, but maybe I, I don't actually have anything. I just I like to. 
Well, again, I feel like if I watched the movie a second time, I'd probably have more to contribute, but this is just one of those times where I, I wasn't, I, I was weirdly pressed for time, even though I shouldn't have been. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I did only get to see it once. If I had gotten to see it a second time, I think I would have more to say, but yeah, I think we covered pretty much everybody. I mean, everything I would have had to talk about with it. Are you, uh, are you still pressed for time? Am I keeping you from stuff? No, 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 I, I just, I just been pressed for time in watching it, not necessarily pressed for time in, in, in recording or anything else. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plus Lost Boys. I like it a lot, but again, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> Just saying that I like it a lot. Yeah. I will say that it definitely... I feel like the, there was enough of a flow to it that it, it definitely kept... It kept its pace going pretty well. So I was never, like... It never felt like there was any downtime. For me, at least. Like, the, the, the movie's runtime passed by really quickly. Yeah. So... Uh, there was definitely that. never as filling time or anything. It, it just... Yeah. Goes... Totally, it feels like. Well, I already that. It feels like two different movies, one of which I like a lot, and one of which is okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and again, that that song is. My <laughs> Little Sister <laughs> by G. Tom Mack. Yep. And um, <laughs> gonna make Sam watch Queen Damned again, although he suggested so I'm going to make him do anything. <laughs> And if absolutely nothing else, if if we if you if you've gotten nothing else out of this review, go watch uh, the cover of "I Still Believe" from, yeah. from this movie. Oh, God, if yeah. absolutely nothing else, watch that. <laughs> And remember, um, if you have time, chime in our Facebook page. Would you still want to be... Because I think... Listen, 
The Wasp was Vampires are Rad. I think everyone, if presented with that choice, would take it. Yeah. It's, it's often portrayed as a question in vampire movies and isn't in this one. Because you get to be rad and they already established, like, you can live off of Nazis. So... <laughs> <laughs> because apparently those beach guys were Nazis and, like... Now that Twitter's a thing, like, I could eat three meals a day and never run out of Nazis. It's... <laughs> so I would definitely they, take that deal. They're so easy to find. So much easier to find. Yeah, they announce themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Just go eat. But... So, so that's a meaningless question, the would you, wouldn't you? I think we all would. What I want to know is would you still want to be a vampire who lived forever if you had to be a shit-sucking vampire? <laughs> so chime in a hard face with that, preferably without any context and elucidate what you're saying to your friends and family. Um, <laughs> I, I want this podcast to accomplish something out of the world other than the Humanity habitat preservation, which is actually goal I'm proud of. <laughs> but what I also wanted to do is confuse people you know on Facebook. <laughs> so please. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just keeping the options open. <laughs> and also, if you for some reason feel like uh, drawing art of, uh, of manatee vampires, uh, you know, in, in any capacity, Please do, because that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, go with your heart. Always, listen, if you ever feel like making art, do it. Yeah, is my advice. Absolutely. Our, our, our time on this earth is limited if we don't manage to become shit-sucking vampires. <laughs> and we should leave stuff behind. <laughs> like art. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, um, I don't know what our next one's gonna be. Uh, me and Anthony are watching their Joel, Schum Joel Schumacher pretty soon with Batman Forever. Nice. I'm making... I'm not making. He wants to. Me and Sarah are watching Queen of the Damned at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I will get back to you, because we yeah. always do. Absolutely. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, I am. That's it, right? I, I guess so, yeah. Uh, do you want to? Promote like the website and the, the things. Oh yeah, I'm, well I mean, listen. If you if you uh, if you're listening to this at all, you already know where to find us. But we're on iTunes and Stitcher, um, and at www.matinemanities.com. If you don't have either of those things, depending on your browser, you can probably listen to that on a mobile device anyway. Otherwise, I don't know how entertaining it is just like turn on a laptop by where you're sleeping or something, but you know, maybe you can. And we're also at patreon.com slash uh where we're at this point I think hosting costs are being taken care of so from this point on we're excuse me half of everything we get is going towards matinee or matinee preservation <laughs> 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 Manatee Habitat Research. Manatee Habitat Research and Preservation. Because yeah, I, I love those <laughs> wonderful, stupid animals. You, you, you love us. Us wonderful, stupid animals. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, um... Also, what Facebook and Twitter pages? Facebook, I, I don't think we have a special address, but if you look oh. up Matinee Manatees on Facebook, okay. right there. There you go. Ditto Twitter. My Twitter handle is Matinee Manatees. <laughs> <So it's, laughs> I just fun. figured... Promote it, you know, even if it's all the same stuff. Listen, run all the obligatory stuff the podcasts are supposed to be on. I'm not good at it. The Twitter <laughs> is a ghost town. Uh, I don't spam a lot of stuff. I announced when there's new episodes coming out and retweet things I think are funny. 
that's the sum total of it. I don't know how people make brands on Twitter. <laughs> they spend days on them on Twitter. That's how they do it. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I know. It depresses I me. I wish so many pet people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But we're on there also if you want to hang out. Um, yep. And on the Facebook. And comments are available on the blog, I think. Uh, and we invite ratings and reviews and I'm going to do a bonus episode when we have a certain number of ratings and or a certain number of reviews although our hosting plan is what it is so I might just call an episode a bonus and have it on the exact same release schedule as everything else and hope that after a couple months no one remembers I did that thing. <laughs> but... <laughs> because I don't know how to build a friend. <laughs> so... <laughs> Until next time, uh, <laughs> I'm Ben. I'm Sam. I love you. to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to Matinee Manatees on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and much more on his website, incompetech.com.